The Tape Never Lies Network. Starts now. Yo, what is up, TTNL family? Uh, we back it's another Wednesday night. Got a fun show for y'all. We got Dan Weeder joining us from the Chicago Trim- Tribune. But let's be real, y'all not here to see me. We're gonna bring in the stars of the show. We got Shane, the smartest man. Hey, hey. And Draft Dr. Phil. What up? Sure. Her, her, she always, she does. She smokes Claude <laughs> in these opens. She her really timing does. is impeccable. Like timing that. is perfect. It's like right on the money. Yeah. When, when we get our new sponsor, we'll have you do the reads again on the money. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to look into some more people. I think, I think Claude's got what? Maybe two or three right and since he started on time yeah never as perfect as that was if we know had the ability i'm sure ivan could go back just clip the intro of her coming <laughs> on and yeah. just let's give it a highlight Sheree versus claude yeah yeah because wow. it's honestly on time i don't understand how claudio so late in here. yeah i don't get it either it's probably because Sheree's wearing a visor <laughs> probably is speaking of visors finally i was right again <laughs> Play, do you have your clip i have to pull a clip i was oh, all right i didn't know we were going to this so early oh my god steph told me you were practically touching yourself Waiting to get this right oh, out of the they going around now. <laughs> <laughs> Laid that one up there for Phil and he fucking knocked it out of the park like a big boy. <laughs> Four cars. At TTNL, we have breaking news. Again, I took so much heat on this. So that's the only reason why we're going to break the news. Breaking news. The tape never lies. Network breaking news. I fucked your mom. A scientific fact that no quarterback that's wearing a visor has ever won a Super Bowl. Now, we might be very wrong about this because by the time this airs. Really? Yeah, uh, I never Jaylen thought Hurts about that. Wears a visor. Yeah, I mean, so, if they win Sunday, then that, he'll yeah. he'll be the first. Yeah, has that has that ever occurred to you though that no, you're going against tradition I mean, here? That's actually a, a a great point. I've never thought of that before. Yeah. So, and when you wear a visor, like, let's just be honest, it's you're not doing it for any reason other than you look really fucking cool, right? And I, I mean, I have gotten poked in the eye a few times, but um, yeah, mostly it's, it's a swag. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. <laughs> sure. Everyone's ever played yeah, that. Yeah, it's yeah, like visor, you Gotta put the visor, yeah. You guys know, the tape never lies. <laughs> there it is. The man himself, the smoking gun. So I will accept Cash App, Shane, from some of these hater fans that were attacking me 
<laughs> all right but uh, so are you doing are you you're doing your victory lap right now is that what we're doing no just that was it i'm glad everybody thought it was some sort of conspiracy all right so listen yeah if we go back to your original premise my original premise is as a coach i tell him to take off because that's why he was not seeing the field i still believe that it and i will stay to this and state this so what would be i think it's a one second disadvantage that so jalen hurts would have passed for 600 yards and 12 touchdowns in the super bowl with his clear visor (laughs) maybe no visor i just think that you need a visor as a quarterback i've always stayed can you clip that because he said you need a visor Ivan, can you clip that? Yeah, I so you said you need. They, they you said you need it. Clip yeah. that, Ivan. We need that for later. <laughs> I don't need that. <laughs> All I know is if I was on the other side of this and was against an provisor, that I would be on here saying, you know what, I was wrong. Yeah, he but you're risking it just for the look is always what I said always your original premise was that's why he's playing bad though it wasn't about the swag. you said you were told it it was because it was swag right and i was right right no that's what you were told right it wasn't your original thought yes it was it was my original thought because i know you were told by two after i checked i'm like there's no way i've never heard of epilepsy so i talked to a couple (laughs) players never heard of epilepsy with a shield being helped but we it's that is also documented that it's a a real thing it's not it's been debunked (laughs) it is who's it been debunked by barstool not barstool it was debunked by a doctor saying there's no showcase that it does or doesn't so it's like a middle or gray area so then that means that it hasn't been debunked. That means that nobody truly knows it, right? Okay. No one truly knows. But they do know they've, crea- they've created visors. That I was right that it was just about his swag. And that I wasn't the that wasn't the original <laughs> fight. The original fight was you saying that he's playing bad because he's wearing wearing a visor. I said, as a coach, take your fucking swag and put it in the locker room. And I believe, for the record, a half a second, a second more time he'll be able to have based on shields. Because glares and interference and what you see as a quarterback. Now, how Jalen Hurts, what he threw for, I'm not... Is Jalen Hurts a perfect product? I don't know. But it is No, I don't think anybody's that... saying that. But it just it goes against your theory, so it's doesn't hold water for the for the record of truth i don't lie i'm not saying i said it was about swag i believe that then you guys brought this medical thing into play wrong because he has he has epilepsy it's not for i don't think he was ever going to go on barstool with jersey jerry and talk about epilepsy either say hey i do it for a medical no i think i think if somebody asked him specifically about epilepsy he may have a different different take on it probably not the right form right 
He's telling you it's about swag right there. That's why when he comes out and he's wearing a dark so shield, if you, warming so, up, he's wearing a different So what do you think Justin would say that I think that you're taking a second off your reaction time because you're wearing a... If I was the coach, he wouldn't wear the shield. I would help him help himself and be like, listen. I mean, it fucked A.J. Brown up, too, as a wide receiver. He had his best years. Wide of... receiver is diff difficult as well. Oh, I know it is. But, I mean, it obviously 1,400 yards, he probably could have had 3,800 if he had no visor. Listen, no quarterback has won the Super Bowl still wearing a shield. Right, but that's that, how many that, how many quarterbacks. You don't think the, the more and more of the current quarterbacks that, that get into the league – these guys that are all about swag that you're going to see more and more visors swag out of your game help yourself i'm, I'm just telling you guys i'm serious when i, just don't I know. Went, after we talked and i asked a couple players they said it was just about swag and i shared that with you that is it take it off and if you see the end of the interview and i didn't put all of that in there Give me what? some fucking names. Give this kid two fucking games. If you look at the end of there, he's like, maybe I will not wear it next year. So we'll see. That's yeah, what I I'm... said to Cars when Cars was trying to. No, he took it off in the 49ers game, which, by the way, he won. Oh, One well, of our biggest wins because it's pouring out. and it's Well, weird. that wasn't normal pouring. That was a fucking monsoon. I'm just saying, Shane. Well, there's a massive difference between Imagine, raining and a fucking monsoon. There's it's, four feet of water on top of the, the fucking tape field. Doesn't lie. He just said it's about the swag. Uh, nobody's all right. So you were right so on that part. Can I'm, you can you I'm, can you say that maybe I'd be right that this would help improve his visual ability to see and anticipate a little bit well more. it's hard for me to say that when i just watched the super bowl and a guy went fucking crazy and could have been the first player to ever get mvp on a losing team oh yeah and he had a visor throwing to a wide receiver that wore a dark visor it's just i i don't know if i'm buying that part you win the swag a hundred percent i'll bow down i got here's your victory lap go ahead take it <laughs> 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 listen i don't i don't all i do is speak my truth my truth is always going to be that when a player i'm not here to make friends I, there's certain people like Dion sanders pulls fingernails on a chalkboard <clears throat> when i see some of the way he coaches that's people love Dion. All I'm saying There's a is, good question for you from Ryan. There's certain things I don't like about it. And if you're a talking player scientific is bringing... evidence, there is none saying that there's a delay in your processing speed with a visor. I have a 150% chance of showing delayed reaction time because of blurred vision. It's like driving at night without, and it's drizzling or lightly spring and you have to put the wipers on it affects you some people have to take off sunglasses yeah, does, when they're driving even if it it's sunny you if you don't put the wipers on of course and it's raining of course yeah of course even with the wipers on i'm saying it's affecting you 
I'm just, it's just, I'm just telling you, blurred any kind of hindrance in front of you. I don't think it's, I think as the quarterback, is, I don't think blurred receiver. Is the I played receiver. I had to take it off because in rainy or hot, like muggy conditioned, it started to fog up. But I don't get the anxiety, anger of being wrong when you you guys are clearly wrong and I was right. I'm not. Then, I'm not angry I at do. anything. I'm talking to some people in the chat. No, you're the guy. Just went on there. Do we have to trying to win. No, you're you're trying to win two different arguments based on swag. If you were he's right just about the swag. For swag. Get it off and see how you perform without it. I think. How many players have won a Super Bowl without a shield? But Phil, that's like saying that 40? How many Super Bowls? 52? Okay, all of them had no shield. But that <laughs> means so three the African American quarterbacks Ryan have won the Super Bowl. So are you gonna base moving forward on that on anything? It doesn't make any sense, Phil. What is that? I'm just you're saying that no no player has worn a visor that's won the Super Bowl, but I mean it's what is the black quarterbacks? I'm just saying three African American quarterbacks have won won a Super Bowl. It's a it's a is that going to prevent you from from drafting an African American quarterback? It's a dumb oh, fucking stat. It's a dumb stat. It's a stat. It doesn't even matter that stat because there's a whole different rationale to that. Well, I just I don't. I'm not. I'm just. Not, I'm not been a black quarterback for years. Which prevented that? It was had nothing to do with putting swag. How many players in the Super Bowl have worn visors? I don't know. How many quarterbacks? That's it. That's all I'm talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not saying. I mean, Ladainian Tomlinson. Damn shield on. Ladainian Tomlinson wore a dark visor as a running back. I have never once manipulating the the story. I'm not manipulating anything. Any other position. You don't have any concrete evidence for what you're saying, Phil. None. Just like I don't. But that's what you, you're <laughs> saying. Everything is. You're saying. You're saying. You have what? The swag in my pocket. He admitted the it. The swag is fine. All right, you win that. That's fine. Your that's visor all... theory does. You have no evidence towards that. I None. Believe... None. Okay. Just like I don't. That's record. the thing. I don't give two fucks about anybody other than quarterbacks. If my center wears wants to wear a visor, it's not going to affect him. If a receiver feels comfortable wearing a visor, that's fine. Explain I have no Jalen problem. Hurts, then. It's Explain anticipating the throw and seeing a field. He finished second in MVP voting. 52 and a half. And he wore a visor. Now. That's it. All right, we'll explain Jalen Hurts then, like I said. I, I can't. Good for him. He wears a visor. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it makes... He, okay, but Jalen Hurts is proven what he's done. Justin is still struggling. Oh, wait, he did have that big fumble. So That was probably, probably from the visor. The visor. Yeah, I, I did forget so. about that. Cars <laughs> said that might have happened too. Ryan Cox said he was wiping... <laughs> His visor, the moisture on his hand caused him to fumble. 
But, Jeff, you're right. I never wore a visor, and you never wore one in the NFL or college football either. So get back to me when you did that. Thanks. A scientific fact that no quarterback that's wearing a visor has ever won a Super Bowl. Now, we might be very wrong about this because by the time this airs, really? yeah. uh, I never Jalen Hurts wears a visor. Yeah, I mean, so, if they win Sunday, then that, he'll, yeah. he'll be the first. But. Yeah, has that has that ever occurred to you, though, that no, you're going I've, against tradition I mean, here? That's actually a, a, a great point. I've never thought of that before. Yeah, so – and. When you wear a visor, like let's just be honest, it's you're not doing it for any reason other than you look really fucking cool, right? And I, I mean, I have gotten poked in the eye a few times, but um, yeah, mostly it's, it's the swag. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Uh -huh. sure, sure. It's just the swag. So, bottom line, he admits that he wears it for swag. The yep. epilepsy supporting evidence comments. Medical everyone attacked. I'm they painted me into this corner. And flip the narrative on that. I had nothing. But it's an actual that. thing. If Phil. a if a doctor had advised him, he's got to wear this a hundred percent. I said I'd do that. I believe, based on my experience in this game of football, that it's going to affect the quarterback position. Whether Jalen Hurts is one out of a hundred and one, that's fine. I believe Justin would be better off without his visor. And allow him to see the field, and and do it like that. That's. Do you know why players wear bl black visors? To block the sun. No, they have to have a medical condition, and it has to be approved by a doctor in the NFL to wear a black visor. Well, I've heard that anybody could wear a black visor. Not true. Hundred percent not true. Wear a black visor. Hundred percent not true. Quarterbacks can't. It's illegal. Well, I know they they can't wear a black visor in high school because you can get a concussion and they want to be able yep. to see the. You have to have medical eyes. clearance for black visor in the NFL. Okay. Yeah. Well, there is no black visor for your quarterback, and no, Jalen Hurts doesn't wear a black visor. No, 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 I'm just saying visor in general. Yeah. You can yeah. wear a you can wear a clear visor, but if you want to wear a a dark visor it's you have to have a uh medical clearance because it it it, it helps them. the matter remains it helps them with the lights the fact of the matter remains swag that's it alex acevedo swag i think the same things that i've always thought the numbers don't lie either here okay but we settled that about the stadium. <laughs> no quarterback has won a Super Bowl. It's still stay. I didn't even know that stat. I didn't think yeah, about it. It wasn't even in my repertoire until I saw these two talk about Barstool. We'll ask Dan what he thinks about visors. That wasn't a pre-approved question. <laughs> I didn't have to pre-approve it. <laughs> I will take my bows. I got a lot of DMs, people sending me. You did. I got DMs from people I've never heard from. I'm like, oh, my I God. Shit on Twitter. I just can't believe you can't say my boy was right. I did. I was wrong. Cherie, have I not said it 15 times that he was right about the swag? You did, but you specified the swag. Yeah, yeah you just swag. don't. You're not right about the clear visor part because you have How? no evidence. You have How? zero evidence other than your thought. You have your thought just like I have my thought. <laughs> if he's wearing it for swag, 
Can he take it off? Sure, he could. But you're That's saying it. that it's affecting his playing ability. I believe it does have an effect. It's, yeah. It slows you down a little bit in your progressions. I think it has that effect on him. I really do. Yeah. All right. That's why I said that's why I wanted you to explain Jalen Hurts, but we can't. Well, I can't explain how someone wins the Powerball either. There's always that one against. So Jalen's an outlier. He is. Okay. But he also lost. Yeah. So the record continues. Until a visor-wearing quarterback wins, you should not talk about visors. Only I should talk about visors. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's it justin admitted it i now can take my lad that i was right and we're gonna have to put visors it in had swag nothing shop. to do with a medical thing that's it but it can but it doesn't in this case that's so, justin yeah he wore it for swag right so for Phil's point i i can say would it hurt him to not do it like to just see if he can play better without it no nobody's saying that so if it's about swag and i'm a coach get it off yeah he's already struggled his biggest struggle is his anticipation and his progression yeah try it he you said he he said that he might so we'll see what that's what i'm hoping we'll talk about it with our guests coming up and a lot no. more please don't and all of you who We've talked about this all year. I've been buried with jokes, and you think we're gonna? I'm gonna let this go tonight? You must be talking to the wrong guy. Go watch another fucking show, <laughs> please. Stop beating a dead horse already, JP. No, what are we gonna talk about? The fact that Ted Phillips is gone again for a hundredth time. Anyway, let's get to our guy. I'm super excited because the last time I was able to talk to him. But his biggest critic is here on the show with him. And I can't wait. I might just shut up. I'm not a critic. Oh, yes, you are. No, I'm not a critic. Criticizing me. You criticize everybody. Even Ivan's shaking his head. (laughs) (laughs) Let's bring him out here the way we do. You know him from the Chicago Tribune. Some of you get so fired up with him, you DM me about it. I'm like. Dan doesn't return my DMs. I, I can't tell. Him. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. We got to get this figured out. Here he is from the Tribune. You hear him on ESPN 1000. The great, arguably great for some of you, Dan Weederer. This guy has seen it all when it comes to sports. He's an award-winning sports writer at the Chicago Tribune and a featured on-air analyst for ESPN 1000 and WGN. He covers the Chicago Bears and the NFL like nobody else does. Bears fans, let's give this guy a proper welcome as he makes his TTNL Network debut. It's been a long, winding journey from Tobacco Road to Hallis Hall. Let's give it up for Dan Weederer. There he is. 
Damn. Not the de- not the debut. We got to update his his intro. I, you got to alleviate those words in it. <laughs> you know, it's his no, debut with you. with me here. I was on vacation. Someone I was down on Tobacco Road. Dan. Oh, is he muted? Yeah, he's muted on his side, Dan. It says I can't unmute you. I don't know why. I didn't do it. Shane probably did it. No, Shane didn't do it. <laughs> there. Is he, is he wearing a visor? Can we hear him? No, we can't hear him. Shit. Maybe bounce out and bounce back in and see what if. What about it, now? We got there you. We got you. We got you. I think Milkshake Mike is going to have a coronary if I talk about Justin Fields swag <laughs> visor one more time. <laughs> What's up? How are you guys doing? We're, We're excited doing. to have you. Yeah, I had a great time the last time I was here, and I hope it's uh, just as good and, and maybe twice as good now that we've got more company to share. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm back. I was, I was <laughs> bummed that I missed the first one, Dan. I, I wanted to say to you, not to start off this way, but um, you had sent me – a uh, little bit of uh, advice on Twitter when you lost your dad there. My my son was fighting the same fight and gave me a little bit of advice. So I always I always cherish that advice that you gave me. He was able to win his fight. Yeah. And uh, I always just wanted to thank you face to face for that because it, it meant a lot. You didn't you didn't have to do it, but you did. So I, I definitely appreciate that. Listen, you're more than welcome. I'm I'm extremely pleased to hear that the the battle's going well on your end and that you guys are on the right side of it. That's uh, that's terrific. Yep, never never a fun one and never one that you want to go through with your 10-year-old son, but yeah, we came out the the victors. So it's uh it's we're enjoying getting back to some some normalcy and letting him be a kid. So that's the great part. It's a big big deal. My uh, my oldest is also 10. He's uh Bounding in the door from basketball practice as we yep. speak. So I, a, I told Chris coming on, there's going to be some uh, house chaos in the background at oh. times here. If you hear some extra noise, that's what it is. We we all have it. <laughs> we all. I got twin nine-year-old boys, so you yep. know my my teenage daughter's going on a date tonight. Yep. So there's all noise going on. And I, have, yep. to- and I have a lunatic, almost two-year-old. So yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I know, I know that all too well. <laughs> I've got one of those that's four, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's exciting to get you on the air this season and above itself, Dan. If you had to describe it in one word, I think we start there with you because it's a season like no other. Yeah. Uh, what would you describe it as? Yeah, I mean, if I'm picking one word, I'm putting it down as confusing. Because it was a season that had a lot of electricity, a lot of hope attached, and yet it was a 14-loss franchise yeah. record-breaking season. They lost 10 games in a row. 10. Uh, you know, that, that, that win on Monday night in New England, it felt like a statement victory in the moment. It was the last victory of the season. Yeah. <laughs> that's, like, that's like mind-blowing when you think back to it. You know, it's a week before Halloween, and they don't win again. And so you've got all this hope and potential attached to – the flashes that Justin showed, and then you have 14 losses and the number one pick and a lot of ground to make up to become a, a realistic contender again. Dan, you brought up the, the New England game, and I just had this conversation with Greg Braggs just a few hours ago today, specifically talking about the New England game. Everything kind of seemed to, to come to everybody going into that game, you know, really gave the Bears no chance. And you watch it and you're like, wow, this – we did not expect this at all. 
And then boom, you see the the Claypool trade yeah. right after that. Do you think I know everything's going around and I'll, I am not a believer that the Bears should or will trade Justin. I think that they're all in on him. I think they're moving forward with him as they should. But do you think that that was kind of the, the topper for this regime, that game kind of cementing the fact for them that this is what we want, wanted to see. And then they, you know, we got to make a move. We got to get him a guy to see even more. Well, so there's two parts of that, Shane, because I think like I vividly remember walking down from the press box to the locker room alongside Ryan Poles after that game and to feel the juice that he had because yeah. of the way they played. They were legitimately at a spot at that point in the season where they thought they could maybe tap into something and potentially become one of these teams that's like the surprise team that's hanging around into December, getting toward Christmas, still in contention. And then they get the opportunity to trade Robert Quinn pretty much the next day. And that was the first domino to go. And then the next week, it's the combination of trading Roquan and acquiring Chase Claypool. And so you're trying to do two different things at once, which was at the time trying to stay competitive within the 2022 season, while also from the seat of Ryan Poles, trying to make sure that you put yourself in position to have a long-term run. One of the things I've appreciated about Ryan and his year plus on the job is he really seems to, on an everyday basis, not forget the long view of this. He's been very consistent in saying, I don't want to win one year and then right. drop off. Bears fans know that experience all too well. All 2001, 05, 06, yeah. 10, you know, 18, and then it's a, a dramatic drop off. So he's trying to build something like they have in Kansas City where you're in the playoffs every year and you're, you're a factor every year and you're trying to do that. And so to build a roster, you got to do different things. He got to a point there, and, and the Claypool trades its own sort of subplot for 2023 because they, they saw what was going to be available to them in free agency on the free agent market yep. you know, three weeks from now, and they're like, man, that's, that's not real impressive. So if we're going to try to get Justin a, a you know, game-changing playmaker, why don't we pull this trigger now and make that deal? Now, look, in the long run, it ends up costing you the equivalent of a first-round pick because it's number 32 overall in April's draft that they sent to Pittsburgh for Claypool. And then you got a guy whose time here, you know, I had never had grand expectations for what that end of the season would look like, but he didn't produce. He was hurt, had a couple moments that were, you know, like hinting at some diva mm -hmm. tendencies that you go, whoa, hold on a minute. And so now you're in this sort of, I don't want to call it a bind, but it's close to a bind because now you've got to see that through in 2023. And you've got to try to figure out what you've got in-house with Mooney and Claypool before you invest a whole lot else monetarily in right. other receivers. So real quick, Phil, I just want to jump in. I just want to play off of that. I guess I should have phrased it a little bit different. Dan, do you think they would have made the Claypool trade if they didn't have full belief in Justin Fields as their quarterback moving forward? Uh, no, no. I mean, I like I, I. You're right. Like I think that's an addition that that's made because you know that you need to get right. your guy some level of game changing help to see where he goes. And that's why I've been very consistent with, like they have to do their homework during the pre draft process and everything else yep. and figure out what these other quarterbacks are like. But Justin has shown so much in two years from a, a work ethic standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, from a playmaking standpoint, from a you know, investment standpoint, where you got to see this through. Nobody knows better than Chicago Bears fans how difficult it is to even reach this stage of the development of a quarterback. And yeah. so when you get here, 
this now is not the time to, to pull the cord and go in a different direction just because you're tempted to see something else. Unless that guy is, you know, in your mind, a can't miss Hall of Famer. You see this through with Justin for at least one more season. And if you get to this point next year and you've still got some questions, well, now now you figure out what your what your contingency plans are. And that's going to be a big deal. And I think that's why this year, among like 30 reasons, why the calendar year of 2023 is going to be one we look back on and go, this is this is an absolutely historic year one way or the other in terms of where this franchise goes. Now, move. you're kind of answering as I was going to ask this question about – because it's not a fair assessment of Justin based on the talent they had uh, out there. You can agree to that, right? So now, is it forcing your hand here with the first overall pick to accumulate draft capital, possible veteran player, whether it be a wide receiver, defensive lineman, to help set yourself up for what you're talking about, assessing Justin appropriately, but also getting another first round pick in next year's draft to cover your ass if Justin isn't the guy that, because Ryan Poles has no loyalty to him. So Correct. And that's not a bad thing. I mean, right, it's honestly right. not a bad thing that he doesn't have loyalty to him because he can see it through sober eyes. And that may have been a, a detriment to the previous regime, particularly with Ryan Pace, who who believed so strongly in Mitch Trubisky that he felt that the exactly. <laughs> compelled on draft night to trade up. And so then you want to make it work. You want to make it work. You want to make it work. And you see things that maybe aren't there. With this, with Ryan, I think, you, again, it's that view long term that's there. And I hear a lot from people within the league that say, if they make this trade, if they trade back out of number one and they're trying to get that gift basket worth of picks to come back to them, don't be surprised if they ask for more stuff in 2024. Because what that 2024 draft capital gives you is flexibility. And so if you get to December of this next year and you go, man, like Justin just truly isn't getting it in terms of pocket passing and he's not getting over the hurdles and he's not making the strides that we want him to see. Well, now you got to have some ammunition to get in the sweepstakes for Caleb Williams or Drake May which are the two guys right now that are turning heads in the league in, in terms of quarterbacks in next year's draft that could be worth, you know, rolling the dice on and going all in on. And, and, and if you're Ryan Poles, that's when, that's when your clock truly starts, you know, when you make the next decision on a quarterback and that next decision on a quarterback might be signing Justin to a long-term extension. But whenever right. you make that, that decision, that's, that's when your egg timer turns over and now it's time to produce and roll and get some results. So free agency, opens obviously everybody knows next month and it's going to be you know the bears have that i think a lot of the fans don't understand the difference between the the, the cash floor and then the cap because there's obviously a big difference the bears have to spend a lot yeah. of cash to, to meet that floor that's the difference but it's it's really that part of it's not as hard because it includes extensions and stuff like that but dan day one let's say how do you in dan weeder's you know assumption here best guess how do you think that the bears attack this do you think that they're going to come out and they're going to have a, a very definitive strike quick plan with who they want or do you think it's going to be a lot more calculated and they're going to sit back i i well i'd say it's combination i really do think it'll be yep. a combination because what right now what happens like the cap went up I, I don't have the exact number in front of me but i think it went up to like 224 224 million around the league and so that, that boost in cap helps everybody so now all of a sudden some of these guys you've had on your free agency board for months 
may resign with the team they're they're with or maybe franchise like Deron Payne in Washington, a guy who everybody yep. agrees would fit great here and be one of those right. interior game records that you want to to rebuild on defense. He may not get to the free agent market. And so then if he's your day one strike big guy and he comes off the board, well, now you have to take that breath, not get sort of anxious and urgent and and be disciplined and be calculated. And just because you have the money to spend doesn't mean you should overspend because that's where you get into trouble. And so the operative word for me for Ryan Poles going into this free agency uh, stretch is discipline. It's just making sure that, that, that you don't feel like this is my only chance to strike it big just because we've talked for four months about how much salary cap space you have. So, right. so there's that part of things. And so, but, but look, like I think there's an awareness inside the building that interior, both sides of the ball, offensive line, defensive line, they're deficient across the board. Right. And they better find some absolute difference-making starters wherever they can. You know, you want to strike hard in free agency if you can. You want to buy flexibility so that when you go into the draft, you don't feel so needy that you've got to, you know, reach and move around and 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 do things that that feel a little desperate. And so it's just playing those games. You know, there's a lot of games to play. It's fascinating. Two weeks from now, I'm going to be in Indianapolis for the combine, yep. and that may be one of the most be under the radar, behind the scenes weeks of Bears history because of all the conversations that Ryan Poles is going to have to have about the quarterbacks who are there working out, uh, the agents of the free agents that are going to be on the market. You know, talking through all these different trade possibilities with uh, you know opposing GMs. There's so much work that Ryan and his staff have to get done in Indy, and we're going to emerge from that and go, holy cow, like this is a, a week where we learn a lot about the direction, and then obviously that direction will play out when we get to, to March 13th and then again the last weekend of April. So Jason Lockenfora comes out tonight, sends out this message that he's talking to all these GMs, the Bears are in the business of trading Justin Fields. Now, we could believe whatever we want in this lying season i call it right whatever we want but aren't the bears kind of trapped in having not only the pressure of having to spend because you have to, they're way below the cap spending i don't know the numbers but they have to spend at least 95 million on the first to get to where or 165 million they have to spend how they do it whatever but aren't they in order to assess this quarterback, if you're keeping Justin Fields, we're saying, and not going to trade him or draft Bryce Young and trade or whatever they're doing, you have to spend the money in order to properly assess him. Just like you said, you're so, def you know, just desperate inside on both sides of the mm -hmm. trenches that you can't get an appropriate analysis of this young football player and he's running and that's where he's yeah. making his bread and butter so it's like you're you're so negligent right now that you have to spend this money well look like you have to give justin a fair chance if you're doing your yeah. job right and a fair chance means giving him some comfort in the pocket so that the bad habits don't turn into you know lifelong flaws exactly. and and so like what what you need to do there is solidify an offensive line so that you can accurately gauge whether Justin just doesn't have pocket instincts and pocket presence and pocket calm. Or if you just don't have things around him that provide some of that to, to make the place happen from within there. So I, like, I, they just have to solidify things. Now I've been sort of emphatic in saying, if you're expecting them to become 
the Eagles this next season where they've got this relentless defense that that allows you to to stay in every single game where you have an offensive line that's as sturdy as anything we see in the league where you have AJ Brown and Devontae Smith on your side you're not getting that you're not getting that going into the 2023 season and so you have to be realistic about you know how many gains you can make but you have to make some gains so that Justin has a chance to continue his development and so like I, you know there's just to me there's so much optimism in the building in terms of how much work he puts in and how much ability he has left in him to elevate guys around him that you just want to you want to give him a fair chance in 2023 to show you who he is as a quarterback I think you guys would agree with this that if he stays healthy, you know, we'll get to the end of, of the 2023 season and he'll have 40 plus starts on his career resume. Yeah. That will right. eliminate a whole lot of gray area in terms of who we think he is as a quarterback, who he actually is as a quarterback. And and the conversations will become less confusing. It'll be like, yeah, you know, we've got 41, 42 starts here to assess and there's a lot in that body of work to tell us exactly who he is and who he's going to be. We have to do that. I totally agree. I think fans need to hear that. It's not Dan being hard on they, Justin or anything. They it's have the so much money available to, I mean, they can go out and sign their top three free agents and still, I right. believe have the, the most money to. available. That's, yes. I mean, that's, that's they have how to spend it. it's, they it's have kind of well, in the know. game, and and you know, and then you've got guys in house that you have to figure out what to do yeah. with. You know, the, the the COVID class that I call them, like the Mooney, Komet, Jalen Johnsons that are up for extensions now. You have to figure out how much you value them, and you know, now's a good time. You know, heading into the summer to to figure out where that price range is, and 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 go in. You know, and and, and reward some of those guys that have been with you for a while and giving you what you've asked of them. Um, it's it's going to be really interesting to watch this roster come together because we all know there's holes all over it right now yeah. and you've got to figure out a way to, to patch those up in a way that gives you a chance i mean a, a realistic ceiling for the 2023 bears is you know can can you be in that in the hunt graphic around christmas time you know and, and not be, just an yeah. afterthought you know and, and it's not hard to stay in that graphic anymore they keep you know, exactly. you know keep right. three exactly. games below 500 exactly. in december and you're still in that graphic so just stay in that graphic until december and then we'll figure it out and I think that's a trap that a lot of people fall into. Like you brought up Philly. I don't think, you know, fans that are just, I don't know if you want to call them fair weather fans or not really into all the ins and outs like we are, you know, maybe expecting them to be Philly. That's obviously not realistic like you're talking about, but you don't have to look very far back to look at Jacksonville. And right. I don't think that that is that far of a stretch for them to, to become that team. Cause I think, Obviously, there's a ton of holes, but I, I still maintain, Dan, you've been around this a long, long time, and you've been around a lot of shitty football for a long time, <laughs> long time here in Chicago. <laughs> this is – we've never seen this all come together. Like, it's the – Justin Fields was always is, is the type of guy that, as a Bears fan or an analyst, you're like, man, why can't we get that guy? Or why can't we have the most money available in the NFL? Why can't we have the number one pick? And they have it all right now. And it's so unbearable. Ted is fucking gone soon. <laughs> That's the biggest. We're getting, we're getting a new stadium that they closed. Uh, you know, they closed on. But it's just, doesn't it feel different? Well, so two two things to this point. Number one, I, I a couple of my you know, long time contacts in the league have both in the last week made the same point that you've made. 
you've seen a lot of shitty football during your time covering the league. And I was like, stop, stop reminding me. Like yeah. I'd like to be known at some point of the, of the guy that was like chronicling the rise to the top and, you know, wrote the book about how the Lombardi trophy wound up, yeah. you know, back at Hellas hall. Uh, and, and hopefully we'll get there. But for me, like from the, the chair I sit in this 2023 season is awesomely compelling because of all the things you mentioned, yeah. you, you, Kevin Warren comes in the building. Like I have experience with Kevin from my time in Minnesota and he, in my opinion, is everything that has been missing from Hallis Hall yeah, in terms right. of the unwillingness to settle, the uh, intolerance of complacency, the, the, the think big dreams. Along with that, you've got this 326-acre property in Arlington Heights where you have the chance to build a, a fantasy land of, yeah. of you know football greatness that, that brings all these different events to, to the suburbs here in Chicago and, and it elevates the profile of who the bears are you've got justin and and this this pivotal moment in his career you've got all this money to spend in free agency you got the number one pick in the draft that allows you to do whatever you want there if you want to use it pick a player if you want to collect a draft pick basket you know a gift basket that you get to trading it to indy or houston or carolina or wherever else go for it and so the eventfulness of these next 12 months is it's it's amazingly compelling whether it turns out successful or if it turns out a failure it's a hundred percent compelling and to me there's like a juice that comes with that because there's just there there will be no boredom there will be no boredom within the the walls of 2023 is there going to be a lunch with larry building at the new arlington park do you know <laughs> oh, <man? laughs> maybe it may be its own restaurant shane to be honest with you maybe like yeah. lunch with larry he has his own little you know food hall there where you can go in there and you, you don't even need to do it over the computer you just ask, ask the players if they like football you know hard-hitting <laughs> questions like that <laughs> have you ever heard the uh have you ever heard the pernell mcphee larry mayor story i don't remember if I have. Maybe, but this is tell a, this is a favorite of guys on the beat. Purnell was relatively new to Chicago. I think it was sometime in his first season. And Larry came in the locker room during an open locker room session, and it clicked in Purnell's mind that the guy I'm staring at, you know, walking towards me is the guy I see on my computer screen asking for oh. questions about the Bears on lunch with Larry. And and Purnell just leaned back in his locker stall. There were like four of us around. He goes. Oh my fucking god! Your lunch with Mary. <laughs> Did Larry go? Do you want my autograph? Oh, yeah. Dan he's, like that. he's literally starstruck. Yeah. Pernell McPhee was awesome. starstruck by lunch with Larry. That's great. I saw Larry. He looked at me, knew who I was, and ignored me. That's my lunch with Larry story. I was looking for you, Dan, to shake your hand. Um, when I was out there at Dallas, but I have this question for you. You know, yeah. you look at this wide receiver core here. Do you think the bears are going to be jumping in free agency? Or do you think because of the amount of cap space they have that you could see one of these blockbuster deals, obviously when you go down the list of young quarterbacks, their growth is transitioning A.J. Brown, big trade. He's a number one wide receiver. You can go down the list of them. Do you think that there's an opportunity for the Bears to make a trade for a big-time number one wide receiver? Is that their goal, or do you think they're going to hit that position in free agency? Yeah, well, so I think the problem is is they already made that trade. Oh, really? And 
That's that's part of the problem that we're dealing with here. And when you talk to people around the league, you 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 pushed your chips in on Chase Claypool, and so now you can't get yourself in a position where you're going to have to pay three of them, right? Because they love Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney is going to get an extension. He's not going to get number one Absolutely. money, but he will get an extension and, and he will be paid. Now, if you go out and you trade for T. Higgins, you're basically saying, sorry, Chase, we're punting on you after eight games, right? And 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 that would not necessarily be a bad move in my decision, but it would reflect on what you did this last October, November, whenever it was to, to go and get Chase Claypool. So I think they're sort of stuck with, what they have in house, plus whatever they can draft in 2023 in April. You you can you can sign you know another number three in free agency. You can add to the depth there. You can add a little bit of talent there. But I don't think you're adding another headliner outside of the draft this offseason. And so at that point, you're just left to play it out, and you're left for Justin to elevate the guys that are in house, and then you're left to revisit the discussion. You know, at this time next year. Whether you know, do do you want to do you want to pay Chase Claypool to keep him around? And right now, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys would agree from what you saw in this limited period for the last two months of the season. There's nothing there that says must have. You know, this guy has to be right. the core piece of your next championship team. And so you've just got to figure some things out. And I think you're, you're kind of hamstrung a little bit from making another one of those blockbuster deals because of that. Would the blockbuster one down, whether it be to Colts, whatever combination, now that gives you that extra, so then you see a draft day trade for a vet. I'm looking at D Hop or Evans, somebody that's going to come in here, give Justin that giant catch radius, that go up and get the dog. We have no dogs. Darnell <laughs> Mooney is 178 pound, probably he's your most dog. Uh, yeah, I, I couldn't, I can't believe what he does on tape physically for his size, but he is that size. So physics kind of interferes with what he could do. But as far as getting that number one receiver, could that big trade down be a part of this chess game where they have to get Justin and carry too? you know, you know, you know, Claypool, is an incomplete, yeah, because of what he, you know, he. Well, yeah, had to you, you make it, made the bet, you make it, made the best man best win, man and win. best man stay. Competition breeds success, like they all say. Well, I think what it, what's interesting, and I don't think Cincinnati will probably. It's going to be interesting, right? You go, you, you look at T Higgins, and you compare it to the. I don't. He's not AJ Brown, but you look at the age; it's similar. He's got the same agent as Ryan Poles, same agent as Justin Fields, same agent as Matt Eberflus. And he wants to be paid. So I think that something could potentially come to a head there. And even like what you're saying, Dan, I think Claypool isn't incomplete, but the Bears are so desperate. I don't think even that can, if that is available to them, it obviously is not going to be involved the number one pick or anything like that. It's going to be like Phil yeah. said, AJ Brown was draft day. You go down, you accumulate some extra picks and, you know, maybe they want a vet offensive lineman like Cody Whitehair. Who who knows? You know, I mean, Cincinnati's in win now mode. That I don't right. think that's wildly unrealistic. But 
Well, part of the win now mode for them is interesting because you don't want to subtract those game right. changing dudes from Joe Burrow at a point where yep. you're like, man, we can we can go win the Super Bowl next year if we keep our, sure. our core together and we've got you under contract control. And I know it's not going to please you to play out, you know, the final year of your rookie deal. But hey, you might have to do it for us because we're trying to win a championship. And and T. Higgins, from everything that I've heard, is not one of these guys that's going to be sort of a, a cancer in terms of like fighting right. that to the tooth and nail because he understands he's in a great situation. He's got a guy that is giving him a ton of opportunity to make big plays, to be on the high right reels, to go up in, you know, big uh, championship games and catch, you know, 50, 50 balls in the end zone for touchdowns. So I, I, it would surprise me if, if Higgins got out of Cincinnati this year, yep. because they are right on the cusp of, of doing some wonderful things. Listen, like if you're Ryan Poles, you have to explore everything right now. That's why I say when you're in Indy in two weeks and everybody's assembled, I don't know how he's going to account for all of his time there because you got to get Ian Cunningham and say, here, here's your to-do list, you know, yeah, assistant exactly. GM. Like I can't do everything that we need to do to get done here. So you got to handle these conversations and I'm going to be over here and they have got to be active for a seven day period down there, exploring everything, draft, free agency, trades, you know, whatever it looks like, you know, interviewing the draft prospects, trying to figure figure out who the headliner of this class is going to be for their draft class. Right. Because like, no matter how far you trade back, you have to make sure that you get somebody in this draft yep. that you can put onto your depth chart for 2030. Right. Like you got to put that in ink and be like, yes, you are going to be a part of our team exactly. for seven years. And we believe in you that much because if, if you, if you, if you fail on that, well now all of this celebration that we've done for months about, yeah, they got the number one pick. What does it matter if, if you, you don't turn it into actual players who help you win championships. So stay there. I'm sorry, Shane. My father, we do a Patriots. Eye. He's like, you don't fuck around with the trades. You get blue chip players. You go up to the podium and you take Will Anderson and you build young defense and you hit free agency and you build it like that. Dan, are you in that camp or more? want the trade down for this well i understand both parts of it i would prefer the trade down because just because of the number of players you need and if you can get you know a top 10 pick this year you get another one for next year whatever these trades look like well now yeah. all of a sudden you're giving yourself more swings at actually connecting and doing that and with where the bears are at go for it but if you determine if you determine and nobody really has i like i think everyone really really feels good about who Will Anderson is going to be in the NFL, but no one has said that he's a you know, first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's not one of these generational guys that you can't find anywhere else. And so, you know, like the stage that the Bears are in, stockpile, 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 try to find ways to buy yourself um, some margin for error, really, you know, and, and more swings and more opportunities to get guys that can can help you long term. If they, if they stood there and took Will Anderson, well, you know, I think you'd have yourself a great player and then you'd have to turn him into a legendary player, <laughs> you know. For, think, oh, he's, he's got generation. You take him at one, he's got to be, yeah. He's well, be I do. I'll go on the record and say yeah. that I believe this guy is a generation. He's he's Khalil Mack as a young, you know, he's that kind of talent, that blue chip prospect. Yeah. Remember Polian talking about the Bears? They don't yeah. have many blue chippers. We're looking at this roster. I mean, my God. Right. Now you got Justin Fields. Uh, I love David Montgomery. I'd put him up there, but I don't know what they're going to do at that position. But Will Anderson, I believe, is the safe. He's the be He was the best player in last year's draft, in my opinion. So here he is again, and you never have to worry about 
The thing we always miss on is guys that don't love the game. You don't have to worry right. about with this kid. Right. And well, listen, like this, this regime and the last regime was like this as well. They, they are dialed in to the passion guys. Love the passion guys, Thank the guys God. that eat, sleep, dream football, and, and and all of that makes a difference in the culture you're building. I'm glad you brought up Polian because, like, when he assessed this roster, when he was listen, he was helping George McCaskey and Ted Phillips decide whether they should fire Ryan Pace, and he looked at the roster and said, "Look, to to be a legitimate championship contender, you need 10 to 12 blue chip guys." And this roster, had, like at the time, I think he said six to eight. Well, you know how many have been subtracted since then. Exactly. And so I asked Ryan Poles. Last month at the end of the season, I said, outside of Justin, who on this roster do you identify as a potential blue chipper? And he instantly answered Cole Komet and then never gave a second name. And you were just like, holy crap. Like, literally, that's the state of this roster right now where the GM says, <laughs> you know, it's it's our tight end and I can't give you a second name. And you're like, wow, wow. This is this is the road that they've got to climb to get back in this mix. That'll come up in contract negotiations. <laughs> For sure, right? right. No, I mean, yeah. no question. Yeah. If I'm, yeah. if I'm Cole's yeah. agent, I'm scribbling that down and going, yeah. exactly. You ID to put Cole Komet Komet as a blue chip, Dan? Like, so I think he's saying that he, he he has the potential to become one. He's certainly not it yet, but I love Cole. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, there, like we Cole. have a running joke on the Take the North podcast that, like, Cole, Cole is my guy because he just, like, I just, I think he's about all the right things. I think he's unselfish. I think he does a lot of things well. I'd like to see him catch the football better. He fights it at times and, and doesn't make the Jones. natural hands catches at times. But he's also not he, – he's going to help you win more than he's ever going to get you beat. And they've seen things in him in terms of his willingness to block, his willingness to play multiple roles, his willingness to just, to just grind and be part of this building process without being – uh, high maintenance or frustrated or whatnot that, that absolutely gives him a chance to squeeze the absolute most out of his talent. And so then we'll see where they can take it. And particularly if Justin takes the next step, then you'd figure the scoreboard starts to take the next step. And then that all gets distributed around to the guys that he's throwing to. Something that we've been talking about here at TTNL and you alluded to it with the, you know, the, the free agency class of wide receiver. Well, then what's the next best thing is then I feel like they're going to look, I feel like they're going to spend, on an extension for Cole. And I also think they're going to go into it in free agency and get another yeah, one that does something, you know, cause you, you have guys like Evan Ingram out there, mm -hmm. Dalton Schultz, Mike Gusecki. And um, we had Matt Waldman on last week and he said a very underrated name that the Bears should keep an eye on is Foster Moreau that he thinks is on the cusp, you know, and ready to, to break out and would be a really good compliment to Cole Komet. And I think, I think you take some of the, some of the things off of Cole's plate and just sit, say if they went out and brought in a guy like Evan Ingram that can stretch the field and do some of the downfield stuff. And then Love you that. have Cole Komet and his bread and butter and the intermediate routes doing what he does. I think that that in and of itself is essentially like adding a wide receiver and that's going to make your offense overall and make Justin Fields an even better quarterback. Because I mean, to, Philadelphia lives and breathes by bring tight end, tight end, tight end, more Kansas City. We have two guys building this team that are from both organizations right. that believe in that. So I think you're going to see – I think you're going to see another tight end added there. I was just looking up Cole's stats, 55, 44, and 7, which isn't like mind-blowing, but for the passing offense that was 32nd <laughs> yeah. in the NFL by a country mile, it's pretty good production for as much struggles yeah. as they've had. And so now if you can elevate the passing game – 
you figure you can boost those totals pretty easily. But I'm with you, Shane. I think that that, that is a uh, need and something that they can get done at their price in free agency. You know, I don't think yeah. you have to force the issue. I think you can go get one of those guys that that is proven and can help you in different ways. Uh, and and you can strike there and you can add depth to that position. And then and then you don't have to use as much uh, resource wise as you would to yeah. go get a top tier receiver. And now you can build it up. I mean, like we just got done watching a Super Bowl where one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time is chucking the ball around to a receiving core that's, you know, Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony and Jody Fortson and Marquez Valdez Scantling. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so nobody's comparing Justin to Patrick Mahomes in terms of what he can do in that regard. But like you can succeed if you also have playmakers at running back and tight end and an offense that knows how to use all of your playmakers to their strengths, which obviously Kansas city is like the pie in the sky dream of you get all these things to come together. You have one of the best quarterbacks ever, one of the best tight ends ever, one of the best offensive minds coaching your team ever. Voila, you're holding up the trophy. But you can approach that in different ways. And so to your point, I think you can go out in free agency and target one of these other tight ends and add to that room. You look at David Montgomery, uh, Ryan Poles talking about him, you interviewing him, the work ethic, you talking about them wanting this kind of character in it. Is he going to be back in 2020? Yeah, I mean, it's one of my, my biggest curiosities of the next month because – David has to decide for himself, like how much opportunity does he want? How much money does he think he wants? And how much does it mean to him to try to stay here to continue building what, he, I mean, he's been through the lows here, right? And like, so it, it, it's it, all he's been through. The, the dude is, you know, he breathes passion. Like that, that dude is, is all passion. He runs the ball like that. He goes to practice like that. It's just who he is. And so that's why the Bears value him the way they do. Now, they're not going to go out and overspend on a running back when you've got a very deep running back class in the draft. You've got Khalil Herbert, who needs work in pass protection, but certainly showed you he can be a guy that, a that is productive carrying the football, you know, and so you can mix and match things. Now, to the Bears' benefit, the, you've, you guys have seen the list of the, the running backs that are available in free agency. And so supply and demand tells you that they don't have to necessarily overspend to keep David. In Montgomery here. And so some of that is just, again, uh, uh, a byproduct of how does the market set itself in those first few days of free agency? What does Josh Jacobs get? What does Saquon Barkley get? You know, where does Miles Sanders wind up? And how do, how do all these dominoes kind of affect the whole running back market to the point where you say, well, here's our price. You know, are you willing to, to play on our team friendly price? Are you looking for more? Can you get more elsewhere? And then they've just got to play that game. Yeah, that's what I've maintained, and Phil and I have talked about this ad nauseum with David. Love everything about him, but what's going to bring David Montgomery back is the market and his financial expectations. If he wants to be paid a lot of money, it ain't going to happen in Chicago because the mar the, the market's not gonna, the market is not going to let him get paid a ton of money. I I just don't well, see and that. The other part of this is for him you hear a word out of Ryan Poles and Matty Berflus's mouths a lot, and it's the word speed. You know, they really, really like speed. And I think they would like to add an element of speed to the backfield that we haven't seen in a long time. And so it's a, you know, an opportunity to look at this draft class and say, is there a burner here? You know, is there a burner here that complements Khalil Herbert that can, can really, you know, take an eight yard gain and turn it into 65. Now, if you yeah, add that, with Alabama. Ben, you know, Jameer Gibbs. You're, that's what you're describing. You're describing <laughs> Jameer Gibbs. 
So, yeah, like, so let, you know, let's see where, where that goes. But, man, like, wouldn't yeah. you guys love to see a, a back with just some some burners on him playing next to Justin? <laughs> you know, and that, now, now oh, trying to defend our zone regame, you know? Yeah. <laughs> let me ask you this. I'm sorry. How confident are you in the, the offensive coordinator? Here's a guy that's never been one, and now he's thrust into this. How much of this – offensive uh shambles it's it's gonna be hard for you to answer i guess goes on him how much confidence being around this coaching staff do you have in the offensive corner because he's essentially having the keys to this car yeah um I have a lot more confidence in Luke Getze than a lot of the Chicago Bears fan base has and I think Luke would like to see, uh, obviously, some upgrades and talent uh, to, to the group that he's working with and then try to take the next step in the next year of Justin's development. I think that the way he's wired, he's one of my favorite people to talk to in the building there because he's just so direct and candid and doesn't need to play games with how he says things or what he says. He's just to the point. And, and this, is, this is, you know, our strengths. This is our weaknesses. This is what we got to work on. And he's been so good for Justin in being real, like Justin's a dude that likes to be coached hard and Luke is willing to coach him hard. And so they cut through the bullshit really quickly with each other where they can make growth in the developmental process because they're not tiptoeing around anything. It's just like, dude, like this play was horrible. You know, like you've got you've got to fix this. And, and they can have the honest back and forth in that regard that helps take the quarterback up. Now, if the quarterback can climb three more stairs in his development in 2023, the offense is going to look a lot better. Luke was very direct with me. I, I'm writing a piece for next month on the book on Justin Fields and how he's viewed inside the building and, and league-wide. And, and part of the conversation I had with Luke at the end of the season was just kind of looking into Justin's wiring and, and, and how they can go forward with things. And he's very direct in saying, look, like when you rank number one in the league in rushing and 32nd in the league in passing, something's broken, right? The balance is broken. And the Bears can't deny that their passing game was broken this year and that they had to overcompensate by, you know, devoting themselves to the running game the way they did by turning Justin loose on design quarterback runs by then giving him the freedom to run off script. But they know that they've got to narrow that gap between one and 32, that that's not sustainable, that you're never going to be successful in this league. And it, it bears itself out. I mean, you just go look at, um, you know, the, the top 10 teams in the league in passing offense and how they did this season, right? Versus the bottom 10. And you say, okay, well, that's that's the ticket in the modern day NFL. And so now they've got to figure out a way through a number of different things to unlock the passing game because the passing game was abysmal. And anybody that fights that is just detached from reality. And maybe that exactly. in my intro is where, you know, a lot of people get upset because they, they think that this is some, you know, over exaggerated, you know, admonishment of Justin Fields. It's not that the passing game was broken. Like their, their, their passing productivity in the last 25 years, they were like one of the seven worst teams in 25 years in terms of passing production. Like that's not just bad. That's historically bad. And so you've got to figure out how to fix that. Do you think that that's, what do you think is the main culprit of that? It's a pie chart. Shane, it really is a pie chart, and yeah. it's up to the people in House Hall to divvy that up because I, I think we'd all agree that you put offensive line as a piece of that pie, you put yeah. receiving talent as a piece of that pie, you put play calling as a piece of that pie, you put, you know, and then you have to figure out, like, you know, what is Justin share in that? And a lot of people wanted to put it at, like, zero or one percent, and that's not yeah, that's true not, either. Like, it's logical. higher than that, you know? It, it might yeah. be 15 
15, 20, 25%, where, where yeah. like him as a quarterback with the ability to, you know, process and react and react in a way that produces production is something that needs to happen. Now we've seen him make the special plays, what they talk about all the time inside the building. And now you're hearing this around the he league is like, it. he's got it. He's right. Like, like he, that's one thing I love about Justin is he knows it too. Right. Like he, did. he, he knows he's got to do the simple, he's got to do the simple better. And he's got to figure out how to be more his words on radio row at the Super Bowl last week was just how to be calm in a chaotic environment. And that's what the pocket is in the NFL. And you've got to figure out how to navigate that. This isn't Ohio state where you you've got all day to throw and you've got receivers that you can hold on to the ball for eight seconds. And eventually they're going to be open for 60 yards. You know, you've got to learn to be like, that guy's kind of open, rip it, trust him. You know, yep. and there was a lot of that this year that, that he did. He didn't rip it when it was there to be ripped. He had the, best extreme to an, analyze him as a draftable player in what you're talking about at Ohio State, first-round receiver, blah, blah, blah. And then he got great talent in front of him and a good play. And then he comes to the Bears. Penthouse to the outhouse. Complete, yeah. utter opposite under Matt Nagy and the negligence there. And then Getzy gets in here, the trades out. You know, it's so hard, that pie chart to yeah. divvy it up but i think fans have to hear and i'm defending dan here because it's so true like you can't be blaming everything on justin it's justin oh, there's, yeah. there's those fans right justin sucks justin yeah but it's also you can't not blame some of this on justin because it's a team sport and there are showcases that we've shown you on tape where you gotta let it rip. You Spend gotta num- anticipate. You number gotta one take issue off coming out of college. Yeah, <laughs> his number one <laughs> issue coming out of college was everybody would say he j- just gotta speed it up just a little yep. bit more. Speed, Will he do that? That's the now, Dan. We don't know. Even if right. we get all it, but you have to make that decision because if we got the first round pick this year, I'm gonna ask you this question, Shane and I. I tried to make Shane say it, like, you know, ad-libs when you just write a word down. He won't do it. I am not afraid. If Caleb if Caleb Williams was oh. in this draft. Oh, and good Justin, Lord. We, I trade no. Justin Fields and take Caleb. That's me, the coach and GM. I'm not afraid to say that. But I know next year Caleb Williams is going to be He's afraid to say that he'd take Bryce, Bryce over I'm, Justin I, Fields. I'm breaking down all of Bryce's – tapes the size of bryce young shouldn't take you long he's the same size as mina kimes we saw the picture today he's wearing four inch <laughs> heels it's not height worried about it's frame with him is the issue dude he's 180 Listen, pounds saw, you yeah. got jared goff out there playing he's infinitely bigger <laughs> he's much than tougher bryce than young. jared goff and better <laughs> i mean young is. anyway caleb williams i mean it's it's the stature thing on, on Bryce Young. And that's that's where yeah, it's going to be yeah. fascinating over this next month to see how the league kind of sorts through that because there's going to be a lot of teams yep. that you put on the video and the video is compelling. You know, like it's like 100%. this dude he got playmaking playmaking instincts, you know, and, and he just – he knows where he's supposed to put the ball, when he's supposed exactly. to put the ball there. He, he, he's got that feel. You hear the Steph Curry, um, you know, comps to the NBA, you know, maybe – but like, like 180 in the NFL, it may get you killed – in you know six weeks, you know it may get yeah. killed with this weeks. offensive line. It will, <laughs> <laughs> right? And so you would better you, you take, better know would you take if Caleb was in this draft. Would you yes. say, hey, you got to take Caleb? 
I, yeah, I, I think you would. I think you would. Right. I think you'd have, yeah, I think you'd have to get a, a trade package together and you'd have to make that deal. And that's why, but look, like he again, he's gonna be available next year. And, and so you have to position yourself. Down. Yes, yep. right. So that, that you can get in that sweepstakes if you need to. And it may be a sweepstakes that you need to get into. And and like I'm you know, things that you hear about Drake May now from, from people in the league, they're like, There's there's some special sauce to this kid too. Like oh, so, yeah. so look for that one two combination in the twenty twenty four draft that's gonna be really, really cool for two cities. Ideally, Chicago is not one of those cities because you would hope that Justin takes the next step, builds on everything he did this year, and you don't have to break stride because the whole thing in Chicago is we're always breaking fucking stride. Yeah. (laughs) And it's the most important position in football aside from finally getting Ted Phillips out. And you got, you can speak on this. I'm sorry, Shane. I think it's so important. How much do you think Kevin will, Kevin will, uh, will be a part, Warren, will be a part of talking with Ryan Poles about the football things where Ted's like, I'm just a fan with George, but I'm not. I'm going to put my foot down. You ain't doing that. I'm the Mitch not getting with Danny and Tomlinson. You don't You're think Kevin doing... Warren's walking into the, and saying, Ryan, let's, let's just sit down and talk about this real quick. Ted's not. No. Guys, this is, this is so basic. And it's so dumbfounding to me that it it's existed for as long as it has this idea that there, you know, like if, if you're a team president and you stick your nose in on a football business that you're meddling, anybody that has had productive oversight above them in any job anywhere. And it's been better because of the person that is their boss or their leader understands why Kevin Warren's entry into the building is an amazing thing. I like, I I've, I've said openly, like, I think Ryan Pace would have been, a better general manager if he had someone like Kevin Warren above him to help him navigate what was a historic moment in 2017 leading up to the draft. And that looked like I documented it with Rich Campbell, you know, all of the missteps that were made in that process, they would have stopped six or seven of those from happening. If you had somebody that was involved and, and as a sounding board and just actively walking in every week and being like, Hey, wh- what kind of progress you made on this quarterback hunt? That's going to define our franchise for the next 10 years, you know, and let's just sound things out. Let's spitball things. There were so many things that were wrong in that process that won't be wrong with Ryan Poles talking with Kevin Warren on a regular basis and doing so in a way where they both feel energized by it. You already feel that between the two guys, they're, they're excited to work together to exchange thoughts. They've both been in organizations that have, have achieved at high levels. You know, Kevin started with the Rams way back when, when they were putting together that championship run. Obviously, Ryan was with the Chiefs when they were terrible and then flipped it, and now they're <laughs> the model yeah. that everyone's trying to complete. Exactly. I, I Like, I, I've said a couple times that one of the greatest things that a team president like Kevin Warren can do is get inside that building and sweep away the banana peels. The shit that people slip on, right? Like yeah, all the time, yeah. just sweep them away. You may not notice. We may not talk about the contributions he's making, but if he removes 10 to 12 banana peels and they don't fall on their face, you, you, you're not going to be like, oh, that's Kevin Warren. But it's going to be Kevin Warren to some extent by having oversight of all these different departments, all these different things, and making everyone in the organization hold themselves to a higher standard on the football side. That's Ryan Poles, and their relationship is going to be awesome to watch. Awesome stuff right there, man. Dan, if we get back into the draft, I mean, we we see it. I had to laugh yesterday. I was texting Phil when uh, Indy was uh, <laughs> bringing in Steichen, and I'm like, here goes Ursay, and I'm sending yeah, it to Jimmy. Phil. And, yeah, and uh, it, it's funny. And then I don't know if you saw the, the, the tweet. other tweet today. Yeah. You know, the connection. But 
I said, part of me thinks that, I mean, if you look at Chris Ballard when he said that yesterday, he almost blew a vertebrae out of his back, shifting his head around. But then it was almost like today he went out of his way to <laughs> almost make it seem like it was a game. But if you look, you know, everybody's talking about number two, number four, mm-hmm. and then Carolina. You know, we talked again about with Matt Waldman last week about this. And he's like, you know, Ryan Poles, to your point, has to go into Indy and, and convince teams that he may take a quarterback. I don't really look at it that way. I think he's got to convince teams that Houston's going to take your quarterback, you know, more right. so than exactly. anything. But if you look at number two and number four and number nine, I don't know what it is. I I feel like the Bears are going to get the, the godfather offer from Carolina. I think that they are – I don't know if they go vet, you know, somebody talked a little bit about potentially maybe car going there today, but if they go in the draft, I feel like Carolina is ripe with the draft assets with a wide receiver like DJ Moore that's under contract that you don't have to pay. Again, you have a a defensive lineman and Brian Burns that he's got to be part of that. What do you think of the, you know, Houston, Indy, Carolina. Yeah, I mean, so this is part of the game, right, that Ryan has to play. And part of this game is, look, like I don't think that he has to fake interest in a quarterback to drum up interest in that number one pick, but he does have to make sure that he has two suitors for it, right? Like you have to be in, in an auction. You, you, <laughs> you, you can't yeah. have an auction hall where there's only one person in there raising yeah. the thing because then they get it at their, that their meeting. Then you're Ryan right. Pace moving up from number three to or number two to number three, right? Right. Gonna take take and we'll get back to that in a minute because I have a couple thoughts on that. But <laughs> but like you have you have to be able to to create that demand. And part of that is now like maybe you've got to message some things where you say, Oh yeah, Bryce Young is generational. You know, and you have to say that so people go, Oh, well, my God, like you know, that you know. Now maybe we got to do it. And so th- this this idea that the um, Texans and Colts are in the same division and you can play off each other's desperation, I'm being like, well, not only are we going to trade this pick, but we're going to trade it to your division rival who's going to get yeah. the guy you really want. And well, now you play that game. Where the Texans have an advantage is that if the Texans can yep. figure out a way to avoid the Ryan Pace conundrum, which was Mitch and Mitch only. We couldn't live with the thought of losing Mitch and having to settle for Patrick or Deshaun, right? Like yeah. that, that was that was oh, the biggest God. mistake made yeah. was moving up from three to two because you couldn't settle for and, and Patrick was the number two quarterback on their board. I know that unequivocally. And so you could have just sat there. And even if Cleveland or San Francisco took Mitch, you would have been like, all right, well, we got Patrick Mahomes. And so now Houston, if they oh. can, if they can get themselves comfortable and say, like, we love Bryce, but we value Will Levis pretty much the same. And so we're fine if somebody jumps up to one, steals the Bears pick and takes Bryce because we think we can win with Will Levis the same. Now they don't feel desperate and urgent to make that trade. And so that's where Nick Cesario in Houston's got to play that discipline game and make sure he doesn't get out over his skis. And maybe he can um, identify two guys that he's willing to, <laughs> to be comfortable yeah. with. Because that's all he needs to identify is two, right? And if you, if you identify two that you're willing to live with, now all of a sudden you don't feel compelled to give up draft capital to, to take that pick from the bears. Yeah. I just think it's Carolina intrigues me so much. And I said, now they, they got Josh there. As right. The quarterback coach. And you saw the, the whole big production that he did, you know, breaking down CJ Stroud, calling him Joe Burrow, <laughs> you know, of all people. And I said, it's so 
that's the that's the team and it is a big drop but the bigger drop that there is like to your point dan you're filling a lot of holes you're giving yourself a lot of assets they got the extra picks from the McCaffrey deal yep. plus you're getting into 2024 yep they've, yeah yeah They've got yeah. the ammo, right? Like, and, and that's what yeah. you want because now it buys you it buys you that that ability to go down multiple paths. Um, they're interesting. Like Josh is one of my favorite people that I've ever been around yeah. in the league. He's he, that dude is uh, he he's got a, a book that when his time is all said and done is going to be compelling to read because you go look at the number of people, uh, both quarterbacks that he's been around as a backup quarterback that he's been around as a mentor, coaches he's played. I mean, like. The list of guys that are connected to Josh McCown in the NFL yeah. is unreal. And so that guy's got some stories to tell. That's just a an aside of uh, – He's going to uh, be a head coach. Yeah. Oh, oh quickly. Yeah. No quickly. doubt. Yeah. He almost was last year. Yeah. <laughs> Lucky for him he didn't get it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. He, yeah. I mean, in, in that fire in Houston, I don't know if that's where you want to take your first swing at things. <laughs> hey, they gave us the first-round pick, so – um, Talk on that real quick, Dan. Yeah. What was your when that was going down? I think, I think it was we were sitting here. We do a, a show immediately after it goes final called BHL, and and Ivan, one of our producers, and I were sitting here. We ended up going live, and we're like, let's just give the fans our live reactions. I mean, we're losing our shit. Couldn't believe it. You know, you see the big fourth down play, and then I had to laugh with <laughs> Peterman had his. Presser, and I think it was David Haw and maybe yeah. Greenberg were the only two people in there yeah. for the presser at the time. But talk about your experience when that whole thing went down. Well, so good uh, memory there and good good reflection on that because, you know, like I, I will say unequivocally that I have never watched less of a regular season football game than I did of Same. Bears Vikings that day. Like I'm sitting in the press box. I mean, like I could not be – more bored with what's happening here and it oh means nothing to anybody you know tim yeah. boyle's taking snaps here and chucking it around and <laughs> yeah. you know the vikings took out their starters in the second quarter and, and you're just you're just you're like what are, what are we doing here today and so then that houston game gets rolling it gets rolling it gets lopsided one way and then it comes back the other way and then it's here it's there and you're like what's going to happen and then was it fourth and 20 was that was it was like fourth and something 18? on the touchdown pass and fourth and yeah fourth and crazy and it was a terrible throw into traffic. Right, right through his hands. <laughs> like, and so you just got, you're up there and you go, what the fuck just happened? You know, and, and like, when that happened, aren't you like, they're going to blow the two point conversion though. I mean, well, I, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at that point, you're like, all bets are off. And anything's on the table <laughs> yeah. at that point. And this guy can't catch an interception that goes right over his head. And the guy behind him who, who just is standing there watching the guy catch it. I mean, it was insane. There was an eruption in the back of the press box from people watching that just because of the, the significance of it and what it, what it meant, you know? And, and so then you, you're just, <laughs> it was wild, right? Like it's just a wild moment. And again, I go back to that word confusing that I used at the start yeah. where it's just like, what, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> like we're here in week 18, we're covering this game. That's an absolute shit show that, that the bears have absolutely zero interest in competing in, right? Like there was no question that anybody who took Vikings money line at the start of that week could have, put their entire life savings on it and felt pretty comfortable about it. And then you get to the point where you're now you're watching Texans Colts and where like in the final stages of, of that, it was just like such a weird thing to be dialed in on. Um, and, and for it to unfold the way it did, it, you know, and it's certainly something I'll never forget so, watching that, that those last few moments. And now 
history needs to reflect that it was actually something that mattered. And that's up to the Bears to take this consolation prize, this beautiful, shiny number one pick that they got for losing yeah. 10 in a row, and they actually turn it into something. It, it was crazy. And the story is going to be, you know, what transpires now because of that situation, that will be the title of your book on the Bears. <laughs> You know, fourth and 17, <laughs> because it sets up the offseason. You know, I'm never cheering for losing. I just won't. But I didn't know how to feel about it. But you look at what you're saying here. It Since 1947, the Bears haven't had the first overall pick. They did get it and lost a coin flip for the Terry Bradshaw uh, draft when the Steelers ended up winning the coin toss, yada, yada, yada. Now here we are on the precipice of everything from new president to field, Justin Fields, and building this roster. Well, the Larry Mayor building. Don't forget that. <laughs> the Larry yeah, Mayor, the Larry Mayor, Larry Mayor lunch <laughs> buffet at the new Soldier Field at Arlington Heights. That would be funny. Oh my fucking God. Your lunch with Mary. <laughs> <laughs> we do drops on here. I love it. We saved you a lot of drops tonight, but here we are on this precipice. You look at this. Is George McCaskey finally passing this baton? Now Kevin has this, and he can just be the fan. Yeah, yeah, to a large extent. Now, I mean, he still controls some decision-making, and I, I think he'll be agreeable to most of them, as he usually is. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, you've got, you've got a head honcho now, and I think that we've all asked for for a long time is, like, get me a head honcho in there, somebody that, that, that is willing to play the role and to understand that you are trying to win championships in a cutthroat billion-dollar industry. And you don't get that by just being la -di da you know, this is, you know, oh, we failed. Oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll figure it out next time. And so now you, you, you have this, yeah. you have this presence. And I've described it as like, there's going to be a healthy pressure inside that building across all facets of the building. Yep. That's okay. That's a good thing. Some people are going to hate it and want to seek other jobs and they'll get out of there. Fine. Healthy pressure will bring results from every different department that then elevates everything that happens within the organization, which then turns you into a potential uh, championship contender. Now you've got to get the players. That's the biggest thing that you have to do and you've got to get them right. And this general manager has to be more successful than the last one at drafting. He's got to be more successful at drafting and developing. And you've got to make sure that you just put yourself in a position to sustain success because the stat I come back to all the time, 1988, the last time the Bears had three consecutive winning seasons. That is yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, it's abysmal. So Dan, I want to I, I want to have a little fun with you here. You're gonna you're gonna be general manager, Dan Weeder, okay. for a second for me. So the Bears, I applied last year. They didn't give it to me. <laughs> the Bears <laughs> have, refused. The Bears it. have pulled off a trade. The, the, what they accumulate doesn't really matter too much, but they've moved to number four overall. They they did the trade, and so JJ Stankovitz is going going nuts. He's got the number one pick up there for Ursay, but. Um, <laughs> So at number one, they they take a quarterback. Number two, Houston takes Will Anderson. Now Jonathan Gannon and his new crew in Arizona take Jalen Carter okay. at number three. And okay. you're the Bears on the clock at number four, and you don't have any trade offers for any of these quarterbacks. 
Now, is that the ultimate kick in the nuts after everything that's happened in a positive manner for the Bears? What if we can go back further? What if we can stock no, more picks? Part of it was part of it was you have no trade offers for anybody to move up at number yeah. four. Because I'm intrigued by JSN from Ohio State, right? And 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 reuniting him, him with just no, not at four. That's why I was asking if we oh, could I was going to say because I would fire you as the GM instantly if you did that. <laughs> that's, that's why I want. That's why I want to move back further, right? And have, yeah. have that have that reunion because like Justin has has been. Um, you know, forward and saying, look, like Justin played with some dudes at Ohio State. You've got oh, yeah. and Olave and Jamison Williams. And he said, like, JSN was was the guy of the guys in terms of ceiling, you know, and the things he could be. And so I think that would be a, a, a you know, a cool firework to match. But man, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm peeking down my list here uh, of like, I mean, I guess you, you go Skaronsky, you know, and, and, and just, yeah, I, I would, yeah, I, I would know. take, the Ohio State offensive tackle over Paris. Skronsky. Yeah, yep, Paris. Um, You'd be looking uh, at I would have to. I would Tyree love. Wilson. I would have to take Wilson. I think. Well, footnote: Skronsky went to my high school, so I might be biased. Oh, you are a little biased. You probably have longer <laughs> arms than he does too. Dan. <laughs> I definitely. Do. My length is one of my strengths. <laughs> but no, that listen, that's Houston. I mean. Who knows? Like you they got to take a quarterback. They man. they have assets next year too, though. They got D'Amico Ryan's there. He, yeah, six year deal buys you a lot of time, man. <laughs> yeah, and and you do, like you're not always uh, behooved to start that clock early. You know, yeah. like you, like you can you right like you can buy yourself in year one. Like let's just feel this out a little bit. Let's try to be competitive with so and so, and then we can. Yeah. You you know I mean uh, like you guys talk about Caleb Williams right like. Yeah. Go lose 14 games again. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Like oh, you got a six-year deal, you're not going anywhere. Right. Like you don't have to take that quarterback this year. And so that's quit yeah, for that's, Caleb. Yeah. That'll be that'll be the chance. But I mean, nobody nobody's <laughs> nobody's talked about that too much, but that's one of these things that you have to that's plan the out. Risk. It could happen. It yeah. really the draft is crazy like that. You see Anderson and Carter go two and three, and well, then the Raiders like, could come up. The Raiders are well, a possibility here at one, guys. With the whole situation with Derek Carr, you gotta put the Raiders as a possibility. I mean, would could you imagine if they threw in a certain receiver? Well, yeah, wait until just... wait, wait until wait until twelve comes out of the darkness, wherever he's in the darkness. Yeah. Oh, no. that, that, that that may shift plans in in. You Las think Vegas. it's coming? You think that's coming, Dan? For real? I, you know, I have no idea what's coming there. I just know that 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 darkness retreat is going to produce a lot of enlightenment. And a lot of reflection that you know it's just gonna be real fascinating to see what happens. His mother probably hopes he stays in that retreat. <laughs> and the father and his brother. And they his all, brother, yeah. They all dislike him for God's sake. Maybe he'll help own the bears. But I like I think I saw something um yesterday, maybe it was with that the Lions are actually the, the Vegas favorite to win the North next year. I yeah. saw that too. I which is insane, you, right? Like, are you surprised by that? Well, just get. Well, I mean, it's a landscape change. If if Aaron leaves, you know, and you've got this, that that just blows the doors open, and they're probably already open more than we've seen them in in, in a long time. Exactly. To, the division being interesting, you know, and and trying to find your path to to getting there. And man, like, you know, we we celebrated a lot 
in Chicago over the, the, this this organization getting the number one pick. Well, look at what Detroit's got in draft capital this year yeah. and how many picks they've got in the top 60, 70 to add to a roster that's six games better than the Bears right now. Nine, a nine-win team that surged at the end of the year and clearly found who they are to some extent. Now they've got – like I've talked to people in Detroit. What fascinates me is I think they've got a golden opportunity to go out and try to get their quarterback now. Right and 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 use yeah, go get Lamar Jackson with six and eighteen. Then Baltimore's got three ones to retool. Yeah, but like Seriously. the Lions, like you you <laughs> yeah. could you could you could use Golf as a bridge guy. But people in Detroit say I don't know if he's he, if he's uh, mentally strong enough to handle that. You know, and then right, he, exactly he crumble as as a bridge guy. And you're like, okay, so then you know they may try to play the game that the Vikings have been playing with Cousins, like good enough. You know, he's good enough. He can keep us competitive in this in this little run here and we try to squeeze as much as we can out of them but man like they're in an interesting spot right now in detroit because they've got something good going and they've got to figure out how to how to keep it going that quarterback situation there i'm not a believer in golf at all he did play pretty good this year i don't know his numbers uh but just that folds like a tent under pressure and the bears were in these games against that we were at soldier field for the one at the home, at home, I mean, yeah, talk sure. about. Well, I mean, they had a two-score lead in the fourth quarter. If exactly, yeah. should have won that game. And <laughs> yeah, oh my god, horrible pick know. six. So that that so that that that's one of the games that that got me on the shit list of a lot of Bears fans yep. because I was I was critical of Justin for not being able to go down and lead a game-winning drive in the late stages. And and people like say that, you know, you're overvaluing that. Well, this league is about quarterbacks learning how to break through and become that. I mean, the reason that the Chiefs didn't flinch down 10 at halftime of the Super Bowl is because they've been there before. And, and yep. Mahomes is just like, jump on, guys. We're good. Like, I, I got this. And so, like, I get it. Like, Justin can eventually get there. But my argument is the faster you get there, the better. Like, there's not a lot of time to waste in this league. And so get those experiences under your belt when you've got opportunities to win games late. And so like that, that, that Lions game was one where people came after me and, and you may have been one of them, Shane. I don't know. But like, <laughs> no, I don't think I, I didn't, I didn't come after you on there. I think my, my intensity with that portion of it was, is I, I don't buy into the, they have to learn to win. I don't think it means, I don't think it means too much because I saw Philadelphia punt on a game and it did, it didn't mean shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. They did it solely for draft picks. Sure. You know, for the next the, the next year, and it, it didn't it didn't mean anything. I look back to 1997 when the Bears learned to win at the end of the year. They won three out of their last right. four, no. and it screwed. And it didn't mean shit moving forward. And it also cost them a chance at Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? So or that, Ryan that Luke, no matter how well, you look at it. Well, that's I honestly, Dan, hundred percent. I honestly think that the Bears would have drafted Ryan Leaf. Right. I really do. I do. Right. Even right. if they had number one that year, that's that, the way that, that, that was feel. always my counter argument to like, you know, like, yeah, you got to get the number one pick. No, you got to get the number one pick and then get the number one pick. Right. You know, yeah. like getting yeah. the number one pick is not an achievement. It's, it's like exactly. you sucked and here you go, like try to go do something with this. Now yeah. the achievement is turning it into something and figuring out what that looks like with Justin. I, like the, you know, there are things 
as an extension of that conversation of figuring out how to sure. be clutch down the stretch and figuring out how to make those plays when there are plays to be made. And, and obviously you, your supporting cast is going to contribute to that without Big question. Time. But part of his next step here is getting in a flow where you know what to expect on a week to week basis. You talk about being in the first game against the lions. Well, Phil, they weren't in the second game against the no. lions. With Detroit. No, they got their doors blown off. They lost yeah. by 31 points. And in a game where they were behind by two scores for the final five minutes of the second or first half and beyond, Justin threw for 75 damn yards, yeah. you know, and like, we can't just ignore that. I had somebody say to me, how long yeah. are we going to talk about the four game uptick in offensive production? That was six games ago. You know what I mean? I and totally so agree. Numbers, I had somebody in the league tell me this, I'm, I'm tipping my hand on something that's going to be in my story three weeks from now. They said, break Justin's 2022 season into five game thirds. First third of the year, we all know what those first five starts were for Justin. 17.2 points per game, like 270 yards offense. They were they were broken. They were a mess. Come out of that mini buy, they kind of find themselves a little bit. They get on that roll that everyone felt so good about. Well, guess what? The last five games of the season, points per game and yards per game are almost identical to the first five games of the year. So you can't just ignore that and be like, no, the one that really matters is the five-game stretch that makes us feel sure. the best. You know what I mean? Because there's two other games, two other five game stretches that sandwich that that don't make you feel that good. And you can't ignore that, especially if you're trying to become uh, a championship contender with your forever quarterback. And and that's my argument is like if, if you want Justin just to be a top 20 starter, you know, for the next five years. Cool. Like we're, we're, we're probably crossing that bridge right now. But if you want him to be your forever quarterback, exactly. the engine of championship runs, the standards are a whole bunch different. That's sure. why this whole as an analyst. This has been the hardest ever for me to look at tape and understand because there's so much fundamentals messed up, blocking assignments, communication, wrong routes run, delayed and throw, all of it combined. You know, Justin covered all these warts with his amazing ability to keep plays alive with his feet or run the football. That's what that middle story was if there were tanking you were around it that second detroit game looked to me like nobody fucking cared and that's unfortunate if that's the case and we know the last game probably was but if there was more of that and this was the plan and you know um courtney cronin was on uh was it last week or the week before talking about the deflate the deflated locker room when you trade your leaders out you could feel it there like yeah. Roquan meant this this and the players feel it so on the football field this is the hardest to know is it Justin is it the line is it the play caller is it all that's why Ryan Poles yeah. and Kevin Warren have to say chips all in we're getting every fuck the best that we can get at each position of need we have the money we have the means and we have the ability that's what you have yeah. to do here and it, uh, because I mean, the quarterback I, position is the most important yeah sure. Mahomes yeah. won that game because of what you said and to your point and I think it's a fair one Dan Justin hasn't taken the ball and drove down the football field throwing the ball making the right reads and scoring now the commander's game Mooney should have caught that ball. We, you know, and that could he did. He just bobbled it and got stopped at yeah. the two end. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so <laughs> this has been the confusion. Well, you're ho you're the hoping that you're point. not relying on St. Brown and 
Pettis oh, exactly. and Amir no Smith Marset. I mean, that was another one that was oh my god stripped away. Right. Literally right stripped away. Saint no Brown question. against the Bayless, Bayless Jones muffin punts and Bayless against that. Dallas. That deep ball down the right. right. That momentum in that game, St. Brown. It's all excuses, the but they all, they all, they all matter. But Justin, to your point, he's he does have to be better. But it just, it's I don't so know. Hard. And I, well, like I'll go back to this because I, I've said this a lot in the last like two months, two and a half months, is that like Justin handles criticism of Justin better than most Bears fans handle criticism of Justin, and it's something Absolutely. I really admire in the kid. He's got really thick skin. He's got great self awareness. When he makes this like media blitz on Radio Row at the Super Bowl, it wasn't like a, a look at me, I've arrived thing. There's a lot of humble talk coming out of his mouth. I'm like, I was bad the last few games. I have a lot I need to work on. I understand yeah. why there's talks of, of, of me being traded. I know I've got to prove more to a lot of people. Like the dude is what you want in terms of wiring. And he's the, what you want in terms of athletic talent. He's what you want. In, like, like there's so many boxes checked. And now the biggest one next is like, can you become a consistent pocket productive pocket passer? Right. And, and like, that's 2023. And again, like hopefully we're 40 starts into his uh, career when we get to the end of the year and we, we, we look at it and go, okay, it's there. Or I don't know. Now you've got to consider alternate pass. Cause you know, there's a lot of people that look at this and are like, Oh, they've got him. You know, this is only his third year of his rookie deal and you can, you can keep them. And then you, you know, like, look like, year three for quarterbacks picked in the top 15 is, is the year where you make your decision, you know, like you got to decide you're going to pay them or, or, or not really to some extent at this time next year, you're going to have to exercise the fifth year option. And once you do that, you're locked in and you're guaranteeing that, which means you're probably going to sign an extent. So that, that, like that clock is, is ticking right now and it's going to click, tick louder for every game they play in 2023. Dan, do you think if I asked you the end of August, and said the Bears are going to have the number one pick, but they feel very comfortable moving forward with Justin Fields as their quarterback, that everybody would have signed off on that as a win overall? Oh, yeah. I mean, they were signed off on that. I, I would have said it wouldn't have been possible because that, that, that to lose yeah. 14 games, your quarterback has to be pretty shitty. You yeah. know, but that was it was it wasn't the case, right? Like he he wasn't shitty, and they, and they lost fourteen right. games, and it was a. That's why I say that that word confusing. It was just like how do you process word. this? Because yeah. never have you had so many highlight reel moments and adrenaline rushes and all these things that came with the Justin Fields experience, and it doesn't really equate into anything because it's yeah. lost, 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 L L L, uh, you know, L ten to end the year. Sure. And that's the thing. Like uh, we were talking about this earlier too. And I can go back to Mitch. You know, Mitch had his brief moments where you're like, wow, that was that was impressive. And then you wouldn't see anything for four games, five games. Justin, you're seeing it every other series. It's something that you're like, that's not bear-like. That's, wow. You know what I mean? It's, And I think that that is absolutely critical at Incredibly that position. Incredible. Yes, Incredibly that you have bad. to see those holy shit plays all the time. And, and we have, and it's not just with his feet. I've, I've seen a, uh, I've seen passes. You're like, holy shit. That's, that's what we need more of with a depleted cast around him. So I, that's, and like I said, no he's got a ever, lot of, no one ever ahead. puts the defense how <laughs> piss poor they were yeah. in the reality of these laws. So, 
confusion, Dan, mm-hmm. is probably a mic drop moment for Dan Weeder on this network because it's the perfect word. When I put you on the spot, uh, that <laughs> is going to stay with me. That for might need a few to be months. the highlight tape title to the 2022 Bears. <laughs> yeah, confusion. Right. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> pop those VHSs in and the yeah. they hold a, they get know, a hold of NFL, NFL films, films and they put it confusion. Out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, like, and, and the other part of this is like you you go back to. Um, Justin's numbers, right? And you just can't ignore some of them. And like, you know, he's 25 starts in now. I think he's averaging 162 passing yards per game as a starter. Mahomes, I think he's uh, playoffs and regular season is up to 94 starts and he's averaging 301. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so like there's a big gap there. And like within that gap, what you're reading with Justin is like when you have six games out of 25 starts where you've topped 200 yards passing, you have to figure out what that's a symptom of and what's the diagnosis of it. And part of it is you got to learn to take the six yard pass. You've got to learn to hit the three yard check down that can turn into 15. You've got to get six or seven of these plays in a game that are just like eight, eight, 12, 14, you know, like, and then all of a sudden you're at 220, 240 really quickly because you're making the simple plays and you're making the routine routine. And all of a sudden you get momentum and you surge. And I think like that is part of a, a very attainable next step for this quarterback is to just like learn that not everything has to be a highlight reel play. That some of Tom Brady's best games were when he threw for 310 yards and he threw three passes more than five yards beyond the line of scrimmage, right? Like, because he just distributed, got the ball out, didn't get hit, and let his playmakers do their thing. And so, like, that's that's a big thing because all of the, you know, the thousand yards rushing that Justin had, you saw over time the fuel that took. You saw him needing to get his legs massaged on the sideline. You saw the fatigue, the fuel that was used for that, the, the, the exhaustion that then creates some fatigue in your brain when you're trying to process late in the game and you just don't have everything there. And so I think there's a, a message inside the building on like, bro, like just like learn to, to save fuel at times, you know, and just get the ball out, let somebody else do the work and live to see the next play and let's go. Um, and, and if he can do those little things a little bit better, I think we're going to see big games. If you're just tuning in, we have the great. He is not the wet blanket that people <laughs> try to describe him as from the Chicago Tribune, Chicago Bears beat writer, Dan Weederer. Uh, and at the Take the North pod, Dan, you have been so gracious with your I was having I'm having so much fun. I look up at the clock. I'm like, holy shit, yeah. how long can I keep Dan? I don't want to uh, overstep. I'm a rambler. The kids are asleep by now, so I got nothing to do. Okay. As long as you're cool. I, that just I shows you how critical this offseason is. You can talk about it for 90 minutes and I, not know and where the time like, went. We can talk about it for 90 minutes every day for 90 days. Yeah. And we won't run out of stuff because it's going to be it's going to be fluid. It's going to be evolving. There's going to be stuff every single week. Now, like one of the things I'll say from my seat that gets exhausting is filtering speculation and rumor from reality and this next stretch is going to be full of that exercise oh, and you mentioned the lock and four report earlier than i haven't even seen that yet but that's yeah. one of those ones where you just like you know it's like it's an eye roll you maybe you send a text here or there to you know try to nail drill down on a little more but you got to save your bullets for when you send them like it's just i i like i have always said that like may 3rd is one of my favorite days in the nfl calendar because all the crazy you know photoshopped player in the bears uniform all that stuff is gone you've got a roster you know what it looks like you know what the draft class is you know what free agency was and now it's just like okay let's go 
you are I, listen you come on this show you're like a spark plug you're <laughs> starting the engine i love talking to dan weeder and you're just a class act now did we send you the swag i don't want to forget to ask you did oh you yeah no it? last time yeah there's yeah there's i got i got a shirt okay i wanted to double check because i was going to yell at our swag man i was like i don't know if if Dan got it, I want to make sure. So, okay. Should have been wearing it tonight, right? Like, no, no. I'm just, I wanted to make sure. I was talking to Chris, producer Chris Jackal. He don't do shit, but he does shit sometimes. <laughs> he got you on the show, which is, and Dion Miller just speaks so highly of you. Oh, yeah. And She's the we best. Gotta get, she we got to get awesome. Dion back on, though. I got oh, yeah. to give it to Dion. Yeah, oh, she what? Was, What'd she do? She went on, who? She was on. I don't know. I don't think she was on with you guys. Said that the Bears were in a six-year rebuild. I'm like, come on, Dion. Six <laughs> years. I'm like, if it's six years, the Justin ain't the guy, clearly. Oh, right. Oh, right. Like, right. Yeah, right. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> then we're dealing with some stuff. Uh, Dion's out of spring training right now, so she's getting yeah. her, her baseball fix in right now in Arizona, but also getting some uh, some warmth and sunshine. I don't know where, what it's like where you're at right now, but today in uh, – uh, we're in New York degrees. and Connecticut. 60 oh, degrees are in New York today. My yeah. neck of it, we had like 50 mile an hour winds all day. It was one of those yep, days where like my everything was blowing around on the patio. I couldn't I couldn't keep it all straight. You got to reach our we uh Chris Zorich is a part of our network and has a show on here. That's who you got to you got to get him on your podcast talk about Kevin. Kevin obviously yeah. True connection there. Dan. Yeah. yeah. Are you on Insta? Do you check your Instagram? No. Okay, have you been sending why. me stuff on Instagram? I've been sending you stuff there. That's why I was. No, I have. I have not. If you, if you, you can probably you a happy check. birthday. I did it all. Oh wow! See, all right. I haven't seen any of it. You can probably go check the last time. Posted. I no, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to communicate with you through Jagger. I we I love you on this show because all the all I see is I'm not on Twitter. All I hear and see is. Hate on Dan Weeder. I I keep Phil updated on the, the, tox, updated the toxic on nature of, of Twitter. Oh. <laughs> give, me, give me give me Shane. Give me some of your uh, impressions yeah, of some of that toxicity and like because this year was different for me because the toxicity yeah. reached well, new levels and I was oh. trying to trying to filter through um, just a little aside. I was trying to filter through like was I communicating messages improperly? Was that, was my tone being misconstrued? Because I like, I want to be conscious of that, but they, like, there were some things like I was called some names this year for very basic minor oh, yeah. actual things that I put out there. I'm like, what I think the what happening? it is, I think you have to look at it from the perspective of a bears fan. that has been repeatedly kicked in the balls over and over <laughs> and over and over again. And then finally you get this little morsel of, Oh my God, yeah. we might have something here. And then Dan Weeder on Twitter may throw a little bit of water on your excitement. And I think that that just gets amplified and stuff like that. And I know the one thing that caused the big controversy was, in, and I'm not saying that this is just you, but I think a lot of beat reporters in general, like we have a real good relationship here with Herb Howard. I love talk, her. Yeah, awesome. the best. We talk, we talk to him about this because he is – a Chicago Bears fan grew up a Bears fan and is is very very open about it. I think the disconnect with a lot of beat reporters and fans are fans want to have something to be excited about, obviously because they love their team, 
and then some beat reporters will I don't want to say they openly mock it, but they'll say, oh, my God, these fucking fans. I'm like, you need the fans just like the players do. You know what I mean? Oh, my God, these fans are – I think that is where the angst comes. And not saying that it's just you. You've done it. Everybody's done it. That's fair. I mean, like I have things within my my walls here at home where I say, yeah, you're right. I I need to work on my tone. So, so I need to work on my tone at times. Classic like, case when when Grody when Grody took over as the true story. Now, yeah, we had him on. Phil and I were at a at a, another network doing the same thing, and he just became the Bears guy. He had left uh, baseball. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, left the Cubs, and we had him live on air. And I was extremely critical of Mark. And I'm like, you've been the Bears beat guy. And here's a list of your tweets, Mark. And (laughs) he had four. Yeah, there was three Bears tweets. And he's like, well, I just got on the beat. I'm trying to feel my way around it. Well, we had him back in season. And he's like, you fuckers stuck in my head. He goes, (laughs) when I got in there, he goes, I thought of you guys every time. And he's like, it really, it really helped me. Because, I mean. Phil and I do that. Listen, we're passionate Bears fans, but we're not airheads that are just going to say, oh, Justin Don't does everything. Justin. Justin does everything right. great. And right. I think that that's no the, I think, so, like, I, I would I say, I, in my own uh, admission, I would say I sometimes paint with way too broad of a brush. Sure. And, and, and yeah. like, you take the, the nine people that are being the loudest oh, and screaming at you the it. most, yeah. and you re- you're like, all these fuckers are like this, and so then and then, and then you start you start throwing it out. And Twitter again, is Twitter's yep. just it's such a place, it's a hellscape. I like the the, the <laughs> day I get out of sports reporting will be the day I delete Twitter off my phone permanently and never get back on because I, I don't need it. But like, it, it's interesting to to dance that dance sometimes, you know, and like sure. to figure out, okay, like how do we do it strategically? My 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 pushback occasionally is like. You also know, like, and, and you guys understand this, but like, you don't want me lying to you, right? Like, you don't right. want me telling you false hope. You don't want me giving you this this picture that isn't rooted in reality. And then you see at times, like, you know, when it came to the end of the t- 2020 season and then all through 2021, where the direction of everything was straightforward, then everyone's yep. like, well, what do you know about, you know, <laughs> like how shitty it is behind closed doors? And then all they wanted to hear was about how shitty it is yeah, behind exactly. closed doors. And you're like, okay, now you want to hear it. But other times when I say it, it's like they make the, the Danny Downer meme on Twitter. That became a big thing. We had one here on the network for a while then. <laughs> 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 no, but I, you know, another thing that I think has contributed to it, and, and you can speak on this. I mean, this is your, this is what you do professionally. I've always thought that there's been a disconnect with journalists, beat reporters initially with against people like Phil and I that are kind of doing the same thing and and talking about this, you know, and breaking down tape and, you know, like Howard Stern, I listen to Howard Stern a lot and he'll, he's always shitting on podcasters and, you know, they didn't go to, they didn't go to college for this and, and all that. And I, do you think that there's a part of that sometimes when they look at it and they're like, they're fans and they're breaking it down and they they may really not know anything about TTNL, but they just think, oh, they're fanboys and they're they're just 
See, super positive I, about any everything. No, I, I like I would take all that case by case, you yep. know, and, that, and that, like that's where where that's where things get into a, a murky territory because like there are, there are a lot of people who do it real well, and there are a lot of people who are straight up posers and then puff their chests out and and you know act like they're yeah. more than they are, and you're just like you got to distinguish between that, and it gets increasingly hard in the landscape we're in where everybody gets a seat at the table and it feels like everybody is on equal footing. And then like, you know, the consumer isn't always capable of figuring out, well, wait a second, like so-and-so is is much more skilled at this, much more experienced at this, much more in tune than this, than this person. It's just like, it's all put on the same buffet line and you, you got to figure out <laughs> what any of it is. Right. Like, so like, I think that's a case by case thing. Like, sure. Um, yeah, that, that, that's what I'd say to that. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't begrudge anybody that like puts in the work, knows what they're talking about, tries yeah. to inform themselves has you know, like busts their ass is connected. Like, and like, here's another thing that's interesting in my world now is like the fan now has, has so much more at their fingertips. Right. Exactly. And so like, I, I had a, a, this was like a, a message from somebody on Twitter. This is probably the middle of the season that was like yelling at me for, for missing. I, I can't even remember what the development was, but it was missing something that came out at like nine 30 on a, on a Thursday night. And they're like, I thought you're supposed to be following the bears. Like I, I follow the bears closer than, than you do. And I'm like, you know, like he's probably not wrong because like I literally have a wife and two children and a life and other things to do. And like, I can't, I, I, I probably like that dude was probably glued to Twitter and glued to bears news, like 70 hours a week. Right. So, so my, so my 60 doesn't, doesn't get there. And you know, things things slip through the pipes every once in a while. And you're like, well, holy crap, you know, like that, this is a a, a different landscape and you've got to figure out your own personal life balance within that. But there's so much, that's happening and it's so immediate and it's so accessible through social media and other platforms. Like, like I can't follow all 65 guys on the roster on Instagram, you know, and go through their feeds every single night to see it like, Oh, they, you know, on their Instagram probably stories, probably you have to draw, but sometimes you miss stuff because that line uh, is, uh, you know, is drawn where you've drawn it. You, I gotta say this, the integrity that you have coming on the show and listen a lot of people wouldn't do it i'm telling you no i think a lot of fans listen i know we have a huge following and a fan base and that's just it is what it is you could define it for what it is or whatever i don't respect the media or the gms the agents the players that stick their nose up because the reality is the fans rule the day of this, your job, what we do. And it's so important that I, I remember talking to Kevin Fishbane. I'm like, it's so important that you understand that that guy that's checking Twitter 70 hours a day, right? He needs that understanding because he lives and breathes that bears football and i am not covering it like you are and have that opportunity so there's a responsibility almost like spider-man with great <laughs> right we, and it's true because yeah. you say it at your fingertips i can tell the story of getting 
my mom getting me the bear report in 1986 or seven coming to my house in Connecticut. And I would, that was like a gift. And I would go through every article, read every word because I love this team so much, right? Now everything's at your fan shows, analysts, and now it's up to those people. And Shane, I've had, me and Shane have had therapy conversations for each other because Absolutely. we spend too much time worrying about Joe Schmo hating <laughs> and not the 55 well, other yeah, people. Just that like what saying, Dan was talking about on Twitter. Joe, Dan, right. I love right. what you no, do. Right. Like that's it. Right. That's like really, it. we all have to be better at that. And I think you coming on here and being as open as a book just reflects on how Dion Miller speaks about you in prior. And, so, and I like, really respect you, Dan. I really two, do. Two things to that end. Number one, like I love conversation. Like this is fun. Mm -hmm. This is like a good back and forth. It's good feedback. This is so much more productive than any sort of back and forth you could have in the Twitter sphere, right? Like, exactly. because everything gets twisted in Twitter. And then if you try to communicate, Kate, someone else is watching you that you don't even know who's watching you. And then they take what you said and they twist it out of context. And you're like, oh, what the fuck? Like, that's not even what I was saying. And I wasn't even talking to you. How did you get in here? You know, get like, down that rabbit hole. They, they took my Twitter account you. away for almost two years. <laughs> Tariq Cohen had a, a video caption contest and I responded to it. And the rate, my radio was playing in my car in the background. And they clipped me for copyright because yeah, of the music that was on my radio. I lost my Twitter account for two years. I just got it back, like, I don't know, Phil, was it two months ago? Oh, I had another yeah. account. So, yeah, you'll have to follow me at Wazram, Dan, <laughs> so I can – I'll keep you updated. Don't don't, don't listen to this, you know, shitty Twitter guy. He's a he's a jerk. I'll, I'll keep you updated. Well, and then the, the other part of this last fall that I didn't realize until after the season was over and I got a chance to come up for air was that, like, some of the, the toxicity and the vitriol and stuff kind of – it sped me up, you know, and it's like I equate it to, like, a basketball game where you just needed the coach to, to, to call the 20 and go – so calm down, just calm yeah. down. Right? Like yeah. I, there were points where I was sped up and I couldn't calm down, and then I'd sure. fire a thing back, and then it just becomes its own self-feeding, you know, fire that you can't put out, and you're like, "What the fuck are we doing?" But, like again, like th these forums, I think, I, it, like you know, it allows you to respond openly, yeah. organically, genuinely, and like like the conversation gets you places, you know. And so I'm always happy to do it. I'm always happy to devote a ton of time to it because it's it's fun, and I think ultimately, like. Our goal is to help the Bears audience understand their team better, right? Like no matter what that looks like, let's help them understand the team better. And I think it's uh, usually fruitful when, when you can have these in-depth, unfiltered discussions. You know what's funny is all the shit that we've dealt with as people who cover the Bears and Bears fans, one thing that everybody's been in unison about was that Ted Phillips was shitty at his job. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, it united Twitter. It united Bears Twitter. It's when the he first was time they were united since 85 in the Super Bowl. But show. I mean, think about a team president announcing his retirement got the fans excited. That's why I had to laugh when Danny Parkins was saying, uh, Kevin Warren's not it's not really gonna move the meter. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about, Danny? It's that's craziness. Worst take of, course, of 2023. 100 that was I'm like, oh my god, that yeah. was just brutal. And, and I, I'm telling you, like, it, it won't take long to see the results. Like, it just won't. Like, you'll just, it, it, it won't be like a day where there's a headline. And you're like, that's it. It's just going to be over time. You're just going to be like, oh my God, they're doing things properly, consistently. 
You know, the failures are not as embarrassing. You know, like all these, all these like pie in the face moments will be gone. And you'll just be like, wow, they're running themselves like a, a, a well-oiled machine in a high, you know, first class organization that, that that's doing everything right. And so, um, you know, I mean, kind of the analogy I used is that like not knocking residence ins. I stay at residence ins all the time when I'm on the road. There's a difference between the residence in and the Ritz Carlton, yeah, yeah, right? right? And you know it when you stay in both of them. <laughs> you know what I yeah, mean? So like, right. hopefully, the Bears are 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 changing rooms, grabbing their bags, yeah. and and going across the street to the Ritz Carlton <laughs> in a way that will will bring results that that you feel on the yeah. field most importantly. But look, like dudes, like we may be five years from now walking into some mega palace in Arlington Heights exactly. and going. Can you fucking believe this place? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean. After all those years covering football at Soldier Field, can you fucking believe this place? Yeah. And I truly think that's that's right within reach. And I, I'm sure you guys know today's news that they officially now own that Lowe's, property. Yeah. And and away we go. Obviously, politics and and a lot of things. There's going to be an obstacle course to to navigate through in the coming months and years. But like they're on their way, right? Like they're on their way to, yeah. to, to building that place, and it's got the potential to be grand. Well, just. Just the fact that you said being a professional organization, I think, is so huge. You know, we again talking about Chris Zorich, he was on here telling us about back when the Bears had some. I don't know, Phil, what was it when they were with that that meal? And then they the, the, had the to pay for the previous day's lunch meal, and it was fifteen, after. yeah, fifteen bucks. Yeah, they and were charging the players, charging the players, bucks. and then Richard Dent. Yeah. Richard Dent comes down to eat. He and forgot to pay the guy that collects the yeah, money. Yeah, he forgot to pay the day before. So he comes down to eat. And, he just and they told Richard Dent, sorry, bro, you didn't pay. <laughs> hey, Richard, Richard Dent. Where's your money? That's Zorch awesome. is like, we're sitting there like, this is the this fucking is really NFL. <laughs> That's Richard Dent. But they were hearing from other teams like, yeah. we have a spread. We go on the road. We're getting fed. And we're we're getting treated like this and it just deteriorates the the feeling of giving your life basically i mean the yeah. game of football is so violent i'm not even a stretch in saying that you're putting yourself on the line for an organization that doesn't give a fuck about you that is the story of ted phillips they one former player said phil think of the office it's michael scott running the team and that's what it is he doesn't yeah. it's it's chaos and it's comedy at the set you even, can't believe the shit because did you know the, so the game balls when they hand a player a game ball do you know that they get charged for that in chicago <laughs> dead they serious rasheed davis he's like i got a game ball he's like it was happened. i was like well, this is amazing and he goes i looked down at my Looked down at my stub and I'm like, what the hell is this? And it was for the game ball. So $350 <laughs> minus out of his paycheck for the game or whatever it was. Some crazy. But those are the little things that you're little talking things. about, Dan. Little things. Little those things. little right? and there's, and there's, there's, there's 5,000 of them, right? Exactly. And so if you, if you improve 3,000 of them, all of a sudden look at the difference it's going to make. I'm going to tell you two quick stories that are like behind the curtain, the stuff that's been left on the cutting room floor of other things I've met. There's sort of a running joke in the media core about the 
game day spread at Soldier Field in the press box, right? And it's like there's, there's, well, there's this meatball sub, right, that it shows up pretty frequently in the rotation. And it's it's so sloppy, you know. It's just like yeah. it doesn't. You open the the thing and you're like, oh god, is there meatballs in there? Like, it just it looks so gross, you know. And it's and it's like served on this dry bread, whatever. Like, and so th- this comes across as like, okay, this is media complaining about how they're being fed. Well, you got to understand that in the press box at games at Soldier Field, the opposing team's front office is there, right? And so yeah. you've got five or six people that are coming down to get their their lunch for the day, and they're opening this up and going, holy crap. So you can find this on Twitter because we went to Jerry World in October, right? That was Halloween weekend, the weekend before Halloween. And the, the spread there is unlike anything you've ever seen in your life. And I took a picture of the menu at the front of the, the, the Jerry World thing and put it right next to the picture of the meatball subs that they're serving at Soldier Field. Like, go, go look, compare the things that, that, that your options are. But, like, right, like, that's a little thing, right? That's and there's a, a front thing. office guy from whatever team that comes into Soldier Field and is like, what the hell is this? The other story that someone in the building told me a couple of years ago, they performed a beautiful renovation and, and upgraded the facilities, expanded at Hallis Hall. Ryan Pace did a stellar job in that regard of upgrading what was available to them facility-wise. But then you go around the building, right, and there was all these new touches, and there's a there's a, a wall at some point upstairs at Hallis Hall that's got this giant picture of a Lombardi trophy, right? That's what everybody in the NFL aspires to, to have. If you look, this is somebody t- inside the building said, like, I stopped one day and I looked hard at this Lombardi trophy, and I looked in the reflection of the, the base part of it and saw Julian Edelman holding it up. Come on. Like, so, so, so there's a picture of a Patriots player holding up the Lombardi trophy. Like you literally won the Super Bowl in 1985 with one of the best teams in NFL history. Doesn't someone somewhere have a really cool picture from New Orleans on January 26, 1986 that they could have plastered to that wall in a way that you don't have Julian Edelman's reflection in the Lombardi trophy on your wall? Right. Like and, and like, does it matter? Does that that translate into wins and losses? No, not directly. But it's just one of those things where you're like. What? Yeah, it's that little thing is it's yeah. insurmountable. <laughs> it really is. It, it's an embarrassment it's when you think about it. <laughs> it I is. I got the experience. I t- had a whole show devoted gratefully to experience traveling with the team. I was able to travel with the team to Dallas and I traveled with them. Did I ever witness the bureaucracy and embarrassment? of a team that carries itself as if it's bigger and better and badder than anybody in such a manner where it was so uncomfortable. It was so, and I get it. The know, TVs were locked on to soccer. I, <laughs> they had a VIP meet and greet, Dan, set up. These people, the man that brought me is a huge fan. He's our business manager. And they paid a pretty penny to the Bear Gap Care Gala. To, to experience this. This is a Bears experience. And I'll keep it real quick. But <laughs> there's a VIP meet and greet. We pull up to Hallis Hall. We're there 10 minutes early because I hate being late. And, and neither does he, Jim. We get there and no one's there. We walk in the building with some guy. He lets us in. We're waiting in the hallway, waiting, waiting. It's seven minutes late. And the lady comes. They pick us up. They put us in a room. We're supposed to have a VIP meet and greet. No one showed up. The TV doesn't turn on. And the only channel that you could watch was a, of a soccer game. And I'm like, 
I'm in the house of Hallis. And how weird is this? That all I can get on the TV is my la- least favorite fucking game in the world. Is well, practice is going on and they pull all the shades. Practice right. is going on. It's a walkthrough, Dan. We're yeah. about to get on a bus to go to the airport. It's the walkthrough. They pull the shades down like there's some secret conspiracy play that's going to be. Then we're going to give up. I'm like, what, when, the- what, when was this? This was that the day we go out, that Saturday. The, the- Right before the Dallas, it was for the Dallas right game this like year. Dallas. Two months ago, like yeah. yeah, October, October this year. Yes. All right, yeah. yes. And yeah. I'm, I'm like, this is an embarrassment. Now I was warned by three former Bears, like you're gonna see. Just, I know you, Phil. You're gonna see. <laughs> they were so right. One of them won't be afraid if I use his name, and it's because. They offered to pay him fifteen dollars. I was gonna say, does it rhyme with boots? <laughs> yeah, it does. it does. So all I could say was he was Take right. It with a grain like, of salt, Dan. Holy <laughs> exactly. It's just you gotta be better. The little things matter in football, and, and there it is. It is. I will say the Bears fed you pretty well on the plane. I never experienced that before, but. Other than I can't speak to what, you, but these little things do matter. Here, here comes the scroll. Here comes the scroll. Oh! oh <laughs> Listen, I was broadcasting a game, uh, Division Two football game, and they fucking put out a spread that I couldn't believe. So to see that. And some fans will be like, what are you complaining about? You're coming right. We had Zach Pearson on. I think it was him saying, he's like, yeah, and the – when oh, the, the heat and the when the weather is warm, they they have the heat on, and when it's freezing in the winter, they'll have the air conditioning on up in the. Well, and some of that, you know, right? Like in some of that, you know, Soldier Field is its own its own beast, right? Yeah, hopefully exactly. That, hopefully, yeah. that's going to be a rear view beast at some point because it's unfortunate that like they that that venue has underachieved for what it could be, and sure. the amount of space that's available, and the number of things you could have done to make it more of a a modern day experience, right? Like you guys know what it's like in other places and you, and you go other places and you're like, well, this is, this is 2022 football. It's not, it's not a, it's not just a game. It's a, it's an entire event. It's an entire experience. It's everything that, that you want to, that you want to feel nowadays. And, and hopefully we're on our, our uh, moving walkway to get there. <laughs> just like fans going to, you know, Phil's in Connecticut. I'm in, in New York. You can't, Oh, did he freeze for you, Dan? He sure did. Oh, Be it. He was, Every train froze. Yeah, he froze. Am I back? You're back right now. Oh, okay. Now yeah, my bad. Go I'm ahead. freezing again. You can't be at, and then you... Oh, I said, yeah, I'm in New York. Phil's in Connecticut. We can't be to all, at all the you know training camp practices and stuff like that when we'd oh, love yeah. to be. But I said, but yeah, you look at New England, Minnesota, they're, they're streaming portions of practice and in their their family fest for the fans and i said this is the type of stuff that i hope that kevin warren starts to incorporate we have you know boots yeah. on the ground at most training camp practice people that do live in chicago and they're popping their phones out of their hoodies really quick and you know the gestapo is coming asking for their phone and i'm like give me your phone you really- yeah, are you really worried about doing, deleting yeah. it? Yeah. Oh, somebody yeah, might I take mean, Santa's guys, sleigh from us. 
they they, they might have been two and fifteen if if that play that was taking a picture of at training camp had gotten out in the public knowledge. You know, so that, that like there's a big difference between two and fifteen and three and fourteen, and sometimes it's that video that's taken at training camp that gets the team over the hump for that third win. Yeah. It's the, it's a travesty. We live in the backyard over here in New England. They stream their whole fucking preseason practice. Yeah, they understand that the there's a uh, an obsession for the Chicago Bears, just like there is one for the uh, New England Patriots, and they embrace that, and they actually capitalize on giving the fan a taste because. Listen, we have fans all over the world. I can see Logan Frost. He's over in the Philippines right now. We got uh, people over in Scotland, Ireland, Russia that listen to this show religiously. We had Hans uh, fly into Germany just to come to our tailgate and meet us because he's a Bears fan. Yeah, He found us because of the Bears. That's the one unifying sauce in the meatballs is the Bears. (laughs) And the reality is the Chicago Bears – and I hope this gets to Kevin Warren. I've talked to Chris Sorge and everybody else. I hope we can get Kevin on the show. That would be amazing. And it would just break through some of these things. But if not, that's fine. I just hope he understands that it it's so important. That little thing is to embrace and allow the fans to, to see their team and share a highlight catch of Cole Komet in his shoulder pads and helmet July 23rd, and wow, it just went all over the internet because Bears fans are excited. And that helps sell tickets. That helps build camaraderie. That helps build and forge de- different avenues of getting this crazy confusion to an answer. I mean, I'll say this. I, Kevin understands content. He understands good content. I think that you're going – like, you can go through – the things that they've done in Minnesota with the Vikings, with their Vikings yeah. entertainment network and all the things that they produce. And you yeah. can use that as like a, a sneak preview for, for what you'll probably see once the, the ship gets away from the dock and is out, out sailing because like, yeah. like Kev, Kevin knows that goes a long way, you know, and that like, th- those are going to be steps that, that are made to en- enhance that experience. Like it's all about enhancing the experience. And again, the, the ultimate yep. experience enhancer is having a football team that plays in the playoffs five out of seven years, right? And and we're all hoping that that day comes where those conversations are a little bit more upbeat and, uh, you know, people are going to be like, fuck, Weeder's too optimistic. He just, he keeps, he's glowing too much because they win too much, right? Like maybe we'll get to that day at some point. (laughs) Listen, if he hasn't changed your mind about Dan Weeder tonight, I know he came on last time and I thought he changed a lot of people's mind. But tonight, I think in the off season, and the future of the Chicago Bears and where it is, I have a, the utmost confidence in you guys on the beat report uh, that are doing this job and asking those questions about the little things because that's really going to be the stepping stone for this offseason in the future. You know, we, you got to be honest though, we do critique their questions live on air when they oh, have. Yes. have- like, look, I'm cool with that. Like, yeah. uh, like I, I Pat yeah, Finley cool got a major that. L when he asked Justin how how <laughs> it affects him putting on that big. How's the big coat when it's windy help you, Justin? I'm like, really, Pat? 
It's fucking cold, man. <laughs> Wearing a jacket. Jesus. You could you could do it. Yeah, you you could have plenty of fun with a, a live critiquing of the questions. Believe me, I, 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 I can hear them when we can hear them. I, I do get you guys better mics. I'm not, always, I'm not always the the uh, the most well liked after press conferences when I rip on a few questions myself. People in the room will tell you that, but that's all right. Yeah, <laughs> I thought like... you did a great job. Uh, yeah, you I can did, feel I like did. you and Leisure usually. I think you I like and Leisure, you, yeah, you guys will go at them pretty good. So I think I, that, but that's what needs to need happen. That. Look, I, I also said you guys mentioned him a, a, a little while ago. Herb is Herb yep. is oh, a yeah. rising star at knowing how to play that game and dance that dance and and ask very direct questions in a non-combative and and curious way. Like he, he he's got a skill at it, and I tell him that all the time. I'm like, man, like you you've got. You've got a chance to do some things within these walls here at Hellas Hall that are going to distinguish you, and and like don't don't take it for granted. Yeah, he's. I like he's the awesome. fact that you fire straight. I know you, and you're able to praise people on the beat. Uh, I like where we are in your hands here, and you have an experience with Kevin Warren. Uh, Courtney has an experience with yeah. him, so you kind of know that you're coming from a place of knowledge uh, and understanding. We we're, we're lucky that we have just a tremendous human being uh, in Chris Zorich on our network and, you know, just him being able to share his truths and be so not afraid to talk about his experience with the bears, but also the hope that the bears fans should have with Kevin Warren coming in. He, he basically is echoing what you have said. And I can totally make it happen if you wanted Chris to come on your show with you guys uh, and talk about it. But that's a whole nother story. But you coming on here tonight, you've spent two hours with us breaking down the Chicago Bears. We all needed a break from our crazy kids by the sound of it. <laughs> God bless my wife for taking yeah. the carrying the load tonight. Thank you. Nightfall dart to the neck never hurts him. <laughs> I thank you so much for jumping on here, talking bears. Uh, we'll have to have you closer to the draft or after the draft, Shane. Do you have any of your draft? plans what you guys will be doing or anything like well, that so big z will be out in kansas city so he'll be our, our boots on the ground where the prospects are i will be at house hall with colleen kane and we'll be covering the front office coming down to talk to us after nice. they're made well, um, kevin, so, kevin will be in charge then though so maybe you maybe you guys will have a little bit nicer food spread they, <laughs> they, do our, they, they actually do all right on uh on draft weekend they they, they bring stuff down from the in-house cafeteria there which is actually pretty good oh good um it's pretty definitely good. better than that picture that you saw there so they, <laughs> they, they, they do it right at times so it'll, it'll probably be pretty nice yeah <laughs> dion will bring you guys some cookies i know yeah, she's, she makes some good cookies <laughs> she makes a lot she bakes very well and uh like it's it's it does not go unnoticed on the some wednesdays when you pop in there and you're like all right like let's get to lunchtime so that we can get to this dessert nice <laughs> well we definitely got to have you back on and just really from the bottom of our heart thank you for coming on and spending so much time talking about the chicago bears and the off season and the confusion i think you hit it out of the park right from the get-go and Justin Field, and I think we talked about it truthfully. I think you're very fair. I'll say it for the record. I have your back 100% because I am critical of Justin. 
Well, you got to be. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's healthy. It's totally healthy. And when you ask these questions, the ultimate equalizer in the NFL is the quarterback. It's always going to be that way. So we've missed. We could have had Pat Mahomes. How would this have been different? All these questions were always in. We could have. We could have. Before we let him go, Phil, we have to put him on the spot big time with this one. Sam Mustafer, is he the starting center for the Bears in 2023? I don't think he'll be the starting center. I think he will be on the roster. I think he's a guy that, that provides de- depth and leadership and value in a lot of ways. I think they'll try to find a way to uh, – who knows what happens with Lucas Patrick, too, on that topic, on on wh- where his place is going forward. So, you hear a knock at your door. That's just Owen. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Sam like an exclu- he's exclusive or restricted free agent? Don't they Not have at a, this point, I don't think. Are you sure? I thought I read that when I was looking at is the he? spot rack. Maybe he is. Yeah, I could look Someone it up. Someone check that because I was like, oh, there's no way they're going to let him go because they – I thought they that like was last him. year. It might have been. I mean, I he's, a, he's a good culture guy, and he you know, he, he, he became a scapegoat for a lot of things that weren't his – his issue, but I, like, look, like you, the Bears are in a position where if you can find upgrades at every single position on the roster, you, you go. You got to do it. You yeah, he's it. he's restricted, not so exclusive. Yeah, yeah. So there, he'll be back. Yeah, he'll be back. And Dan, I hope you'll be back. We had a lot of fun tonight. Major props to you again. Uh, is there anything? I know you've been teasing this article that's coming. I'm excited about it because I think it's going to be from what you're sharing and it's giving you some spoilers tonight. If you're just tuning in, we're with the great Dan Wiederer of the Chicago Tribune. He's also the host at the take the North pod. Uh, check him out there, but you're also going to have this big article that's going to come out. What next month? The, the hope is shortly after the combine ends. So okay. it'll give me a little bit more time to uh, get some chatter in Indy from, from people that, a lot of people to talk with down there and uh, continue filling out what is a pretty, pretty comprehensive look at the highs, lows and everything else of where Justin is. And then obviously what the, ta- what, how that sets the table for 2023, which again, I think we're all eager to see what that looks like at the end of the 2023 season. Will you be boots on the ground at the combine? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's, that, that's, a, you know, there's two trips coming up in the next like six weeks. The, the combine, which is the one where you you really have to to That's where it all starts, yeah, to grind it and work it, and then the owners' meetings, which will be out in uh, in Arizona, um, and that's a lot more casual and laid back, but also super valuable in terms of the the time that you get with people in a setting where they're they, you know they've got time to talk to you and can share things, and you gain a lot from from being in those two settings. So that's I'm excited. That's the part of the off season that's a lot of fun to uh, to navigate. There's tell one tell Ha to get over here too. We'll get his ass straightened out with the fans too. Dan. <laughs> we gotta, yeah. <laughs> There's one quick thing though. I'm sorry. You mentioned it before, and we gotta like just highlight. I want your highlighted thoughts on this. How in your mind, because you you mentioned it as Ryan Poles is gonna have so much to do. He's gonna, how big is it that Ian Cunningham is still here with Ryan Poles? Well, there's there, there's multiple layers to that. The first part is it's, it's it's very significant in being able to have a guy you trust handle a lot of duties and a lot of responsibilities. The second part of this is that if Ian then goes out and gets a general manager's job next year because he's been with the Bears for two years, the Bears will get a comp pick back for that in the draft. 
And so that, that's that's no small feat either. That might turn yeah, into yeah. you know a day three guy that you can turn into a starter uh, because you were able to keep him one more year than maybe you you, you thought you were going to be able to. So um, look, like Ian is very well respected around the league. He's he's been a rising star for a while. Him and Ryan, like when 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 they both got here to Chicago and their families were still finishing the school year back where they were, they lived together. I mean, they were in yeah. a in an apartment together, basically doing the would, roommates thing again. And they would Cozio be next in line for that if he left? You think Cozio? Probably. Um, yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting. Jeff King's on the on their, their radar there. He's a holdover from the previous regime. Yep. You know, they, they've they've got some talented people in, inside there. And now again, look like now you got to hit for average. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's what's next. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Dan. Thank your wife for taking care of the kids yep. as well. And really appreciate you coming on, and we'll get you back on again. Check your Instagram DM. <laughs> Change your mind and winning hearts. You know that's yeah. what I do. So, Be like, look at this stalker. Jeez, <laughs> it was only a couple. I was so praising him the last time. I wrote a nice personal message to you so because I that just, was spring break. Now, was that, yeah, now he's even better. I'm going to get on there right when I when I log off wow. and I'll check it. You're the, you're the man, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate you guys. Have a good Thanks, one. Thanks, Dan. See Dan Weederer. Whoop, Dan Weederer again. If you're listening on the podcast, that was 2 hours of amazing Bears talk with a guy that I think gets a bad rap. I mean, that oh, no, I you know, we talked I think about his, it his, his 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 what we I call think what is it when he go into the the priest and you the confession? Well, confession listen, it's it's getting to it, it's, it's to make a stern reference. It's the Benji Bronk vortex. You get sucked into it. We we do it here. There'll be a you know an asshole in the chat and the nine hundred people that are positive. You know you, you're not focusing on them. You see the one asshole in the chat, and then you know. I'll call his mother a cunt or whatever, you know, that that's where it goes. We go down that hole, but yeah, it's, it's tough. And then Twitter, Twitter is like that a lot too. You know, it's, it's crazy. There's a lot of people that just live to, you know, prod and stick the needle. And, you know, finally, when you punch them in the face, you're like, what did I, what did I do? You know, that that's what it is, but it's, it's part of the process. Hey, the way that I look at it is if you don't have haters, you're doing it wrong. You know, absolutely that's why there's a lot of people that fucking hate you and i but that means exactly. we're doing it right the visors and all of these advisors <laughs> hate us but that was for you sure <laughs> the reality i want to say this about that interview um i've been doing this a long time i actually howard stern went to school for broadcasting um and no, but you know, Phil, you know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. Well, you know, there's, listen, we'll talk about a, uh, there's been different beat reporters that we've talked no, to I thought, that frown upon us. And it's, it's my I, point. And it, hopefully Dan didn't look at it as my point as being disrespectful, but I think that there is so many of not even just the old guard that they frown on what we're, we're doing essentially the same thing that they're doing. And I think a lot of people out there frown upon it because we may yeah. not have paid our dues, but we've paid our dues in different ways. I've been here every motherfucking day with this team 
Whereas somebody like Josh Rock came from, you know, out west last year. That so he he hasn't. I don't want to hear him talking down to the fucking Bears fans. That's the shit. And when I brought that up with Dan, that's the thing. Dan Dan's falling in the trap. David Haw's falling in the trap. Brad Biggs falls into it daily. Where all oh, these fans, they just you know they think they're gonna. No, the fans are what's clicking on your story that you're doing in a month. You know what I mean? It's it's all of that. So yes, there's shitty fans, but there's also shitty beat reporters. You know, it works both ways. So exactly. that's well, I, that's the I, thing. I you're a hundred percent right. It's such a fine line, but I thought Dan in his admission just showed the kind of integrity of who he is. You're right. I got to look at my tone. We all get sucked into this vortex. It's perfect. The Benji vortex uh, of the negativity. And I come off as arrogant sometimes, right? But I, nobody's putting in the work. I'm putting in the work. I'm I'm watching the tape. I'm fucking not afraid to do a parody song one week and write a fucking amazing open the next. These things matter. The little things that got so passed over by Ted Phillips, the little things matter at TTNL. So I'm I've never once left a show and was mad at anybody. Never once. You didn't fuck on up TTNL. Your, I you didn't, you didn't fuck up your, the, you didn't fuck up your garden. <laughs> no, after I never time. once I I got emotional at the old network and feelings were hurt because you could see a good versus a bad, an evil versus a just a non-caring person, phoniness, a shoe salesman, just like Nagy. You saw that stuff. I feel I come onto the show, and so do you, because we've spoken about it. I spoke for probably three hours with Chris Zorge today. We're friends, and friends are going to debate, argue, laugh, make jokes, poke fun. And just being honest with your opinions and not flip-flopping and being able to be human and admit you know what? I got to do a better job of that. I know I have a responsibility to a family here, but also I don't overlook HL Priest and Bullets and Will Mookie Hill and Sharif and every one of you, Jose Torre. The, huh? Fucking a guy when I was like doing a little deep dive into that shit, he was, you know, he fucking hurt me significantly, you know. It's, it's a responsibility to the family of fans that we have. And I think what we did, I, I think Dan is going to appreciate it because sometimes you have to be put into well, a place where you're thinking like, oh, shit, you're right. That's why you brought up Brody. That's Brody. You know, he, and he responded to that's why I told him, I said, get David Ha on here. We'll straighten his ass out with the fans, too. <laughs> exactly. You know, that, but it's the truth. And I mean. It's I told David Kaplan I hate I just disliked him. Well, that's the thing, was, Phil. You know, you you, can, it's like a brother to me. Everybody nowadays in this environment that we're in thinks if you're critical at all, that you hate the person for eternity and there's no way to recover from it. You and I have have lived it here. If you and I like the visor stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? We'll get 
DMs. You guys good? <laughs> everything, you know, stuff like that. You and I have went head to head on a ton of stuff, but it's never it's never gotten personal. We've you know, we get the the stage that we're on and but we're also going to be brutally honest with with one another. You've I've said shit to you that you haven't want to here and not vice versa you and i've had lots of those talks but it's healthy and for dan i don't agree with everything that dan says i don't but mm -hmm. that's fine that is what life is all about that's you know you go back to ryan pace and that's consensus on a quarterback i don't want consensus on a quarterback right. we're doing draft mob tomorrow night yeah. and breaking news cars will be on with us so if you're a patron you you will get that we're going to be breaking down miles murphy and B brian brzee so that's going to be fun but there's not consensus among among us of miles murphy but that's healthy and that's what you want and that's if everybody is agreeing on everything all the time that's an organization that is a business that's going to fail a hundred percent every time absolutely I know some of you understand. I think some of you are saying it. I'm a confident guy because I put the work in. That's it. I surrounded myself with good people. Fucking Ivan Vargas cutting tape. I've said to Ivan, I believe in you. I know I see talent. I believe in surrounding yourself. And have I made mistakes? Of course. So, man, I fucking I fucked up. Fucking fucked up with hiring, putting Claudio as a moderator. He can't even open the stomping that ass on these opens. But it's the little things surrounding yourself with those types of people that are going to go the extra mile. I think some of you understand the difference of arrogance and confidence. I know we're the originators, and that's how I'll always be. I'm going to try some things. Shane will be like, you sure? Yeah, go for it, dude. And that's it. Every fucking thing that we do on this network is an original from the music to the tape breakdowns. I mean, I was breaking down the fucking tape before all of these motherfuckers are breaking. It's history. Obviously deleted. It pisses me the fuck off because there's a lot of great shit that I said, right, wrong, or indifferent. I love all Not that, but. Sheree. We're talking football. Jesus. <laughs> but... We got Jackal here, who is a friend first that loved. He was a fan of the show. Bring him out. There he is. What's up, boys? So good get on locking in Weeder. Yeah, locking in Weeder. Gotta give you some props, my man. Yeah, you're welcome. Man. Shooting it straight. Thank you. It was. Uh, he's always fun to listen to. You know, it's being a contrarian is. I don't think that's his role. I think he just shoots it. Shoots it straight. You know, I think it matters to him, and I think yeah, he's passionate exactly. about what he does. And listen, this hopefully, I don't think Dan will mind me speaking on this, Jackal. It made me laugh when you shared the the text with, "Hey, what are we going to be?" Dan wants to know. He's a stickler for being prepared, yeah, and he wanted to know if there's anything specifically that we're going to talk about. And initially, I laughed at it, and then a couple hours later, I thought back to it. And I'm like, "Wow, that's super fucking professional." Yeah. That he's taking our show that serious that he wants to be completely prepared for it. So, you know, it's a, like I said, you don't have to, 
just because you don't agree with football takes, some football takes with Dan Weeder doesn't mean that he's a lifelong asshole. That just that's you miss you know judging a person. And I listen, I'm bad at that. I I get pissed off. Like you guys have seen me lose my shit like in the green room. We where we came from. You guys all probably experienced that when that whole thing was was going down. But it's you know, we Phil brought it up and it was a great point. We have to be better. Is Ivan sleeping? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking over at I'm looking oh. over at the chat. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I'm looking over at the chat right now. I think you have to have a great mix when it comes to the beat. And I I just I don't know. I come away and I'm not saying this and I'm not blowing smoke. Uh, it's hard to understand and look in the mirror and say, I got to be better. That is a lot of care. And to your point, if you're not, if you don't have haters, you're probably not good at what you do. And those things are important. And Dan is speaking his truth. I think I know he's not the Mike North of contrarian, non-knowing of football. Like, I'm just going to go the opposite way, and that's going to get clicks. That's one method. I'm not hating. I'm just saying that's a method of doing it. Dan has his opinion, and sometimes tone is critical because you don't want to come off like, I don't give a fuck what Logan Frost has to say in text. Like, on the show, I could say it, and everyone knows the content, or should know it. I would say 85% of people know the context of my tone is being sarcastic or being trying to be funny. We all f say things that are our thing. I think if somebody's saying, you know what, I've left that show like Mark Grody did, and I got to be better with my tone and understanding that, oh, like Brad Biggs is terrible at it. He just comes off as a pompous asshole. And that's the way he that's the way he goes. And if he doesn't care about it, I don't believe it. Well, and that's the I thing. I think we all care. I even Greg Braggs will say, I don't care if nobody like he spends more time caring about who's like we all do. If you can admit that, then take a look at and I have to do it too sometimes. Like I'm trying I was very passionate about my football take about the visor. And that's how I felt about it. I've never changed from that. And the, the narrative and the twist and the epilepsy and all that shit kind of skewed the whole conversation. To, And then you get passionate about it. So you want to speak about it. And I've never once, I can honestly say, have been directed by the chat or the fans of what we're going to talk about. Because there is no script. There is, I didn't prepare one question or write down a question for Dan or what we're going to say tonight. We, we went two hours with Dan without a break. Yeah. It says a lot about him, too. In all and the years that we've done this, Phil, we've never wrote no anything down. I, think I know when I first started, I'll be honest, like, yeah. uh, I can't remember what guest we were going to have on at the old network. Yes. And I, I wrote down. I wrote down some football questions 
because I wasn't used to three men. Like Aldo was going to jump in. This one, you were going to jump in. This thing. we clip oh, that. I got a lot. I looked at Ivan and I'm like, I'm either he's going to say it or I'm going to. <laughs> gonna mute it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I got it. Well, that, that's part of the thing. There is a. Did they hurt I you think... significantly, Phil? Or go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I think there is a a very. I think the most educated TTNL fan knows there's a smooth cohesiveness between Shane and my flow with one another and when we add more personalities to it if they can't handle getting their balls broken you find out real quick you find out real quick like and the, the chat too you know i don't think shane or i is ever worried about how many fans we've offended i don't get i personally sleep like a fucking baby at night yeah i could give two fucks but i know that the conversation on the Bears is going to be the most informed, passionate, and truthful one out there because we don't have an agenda. And as much as I love David Montgomery, I'm going to be critical of David Montgomery based on the tape or the performance. There's no ass kissing here. There never will be. There's never been a moment of meatballing with me and Shane just agreeing. It just never will be, and and not that's... even when not even when you know football fucking genius savant Mike Brez said that. Remember, that? <laughs> fuck is that? Forgot about this. <laughs> yes, we're just gonna agree and go. That's just not it. I, I I'm, I'm old enough to remember. I know someone's cutting something. <laughs> 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 the cheese, jackal. I uh I'm Ali, what the hell is going on? <laughs> oh, I just fucking it. so funny hearing it. <laughs> what was that? It's you. <laughs> that was you, dude. Yeah. I didn't hear anything. It just went black. No. The screen went black. No. Oh, Three. it was a clip. Yeah. No, I saw the clip. It was the. Uh, I didn't see the clip. The KD clip. Play it again. I didn't see it. Oh, I played the Kenneth Davis clip. I thought, Jackal, you played something though, right? In the background. Accidentally, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, like, I've seen it happen on our oh. email where it goes. Oh, right here. Ali, what the hell is going on? Used to oh, I didn't three see. men. Like <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> You're so bad. Uh, it's just great. It writes itself. I don't know. Anyway. The point I'm trying to make for you fans is I appreciate you. And I hope you are like Angelo and think the show or the clip or whatever we're doing is fantastic. I am so blown away sometimes at all of the pieces, the little pieces, whether it be Cool Kennedy's music or lyrics or Ron G's backgrounds, or Caden Whitlow's creative graphics and intros, or you, you know, Jackal getting uh, guests on here, or Shane coming up with a great idea or drop, or Ivan producing an open or video. All of you guys 
Claudio as well do such a great job with this show. And that's where I'll stand. I, I'm getting too old for this shit. Like rigs and <laughs> lethal weapon, right? I just want this Chicago Bears team and organization to do the little things right because I really believe <laughs> that we're going to get on that horse and ride. That's what I thought you were doing. Tournament. I thought you were announcing your retirement there for a second. I'm almost, I'm, I'm almost going to announce it. Um, I won't be like Mel Kuyper who said if, what's his name? That he would retire. Jimmy, Jimmy Clausen. Jimmy, Jimmy Clausen wasn't a good quarterback. Jesus. <laughs> well, well, you got to take Mel Kuyper like Sex Panther. You know what I'm talking about? It's like 60% of the time he's probably going to be fucking wrong anyway. Yeah, exactly. I really I respect Mel Kuyper. I really do because he's the OG, the original gangster of doing this. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah, what well, impresses me about him, but I mean, his some of his takes are listen he he knows people and i think he's trying to get people pushed up you know publicly totally but agree. there's not a fucking player you can't ask that dude about that he doesn't yeah. have a synopsis on it is it is amazing i mean fantastic hair like yeah. the hair is awesome i mean like classic no, yeah. the the guy is a fucking savant with names it really is if you you can't I just don't know how the fuck he eats pumpkin pie every day. God damn. <laughs> he yeah, eats he a does. pumpkin pumpkin pie every day. What the fuck is wrong with Jeepers Creepers? Just the <laughs> the filling. Yeah, he takes some of the filling out and squirts the whipped cream on it every bite. Yeah. It's crazy. Listen, clip it. I don't get it either. <laughs> I do. Per, I like. I a, wasn't used to three men. Like, <laughs> it's okay, dude. I mean, I'm gonna have to string together a few of those clips. I was coming on a plane. I wasn't used to three men. Oh my fucking god! Your lunch with Mary. <laughs> We gotta, I, I gotta tweet that out, right? Tag Larry Bear. I think you kind of have to, right? <laughs> yeah, Jackal, can you text me that clip? Oh, that's hilarious. That's the fun stuff on this show. And this is awesome. It's the end of the season. Uh, Claudio couldn't be here tonight. Uh, Sure, he'll be back. I hope all is well with him. Um, so let's get the auction underway on the first cow here. Uh, who's got 55? Is that what he was doing tonight? Is he doing? Oh, okay. There was something else that came up. I got it up. I fucked your mom. My audio. Could someone like clip just? We need the. Could someone do me a favor? I can't do it, man. Trim the Zorich one to Philip. Just get Ted laughing. 
Do you remember oh, yeah. the 27-year-old version of Kevin Warren when he was negotiating? <laughs> what, what was well, that we, like? Just that. <laughs> <laughs> so when we have some of these guests, we just get yeah. that short <laughs> one and put Ted laughing. He knows I'm coming. That's why. I wasn't used to three men. Like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Coming on the plane after. This new computer makes it so much easier. I love Cherie's mom. Oh, Jesus. You know how I feel about stats. Stats are for losers. Speaking of stats are for losers, go to the swag shop, ttnlswag.com. Get yourself stats are for losers or a smartest man t-shirt. I know Alex Acevedo's been burning the candles at night to get a jackal don't do shit t-shirt up there for logan frost yes and I, there's supposed to be a bears nerd one in production too that i think Holy we handed off to him yeah could we get a mill house is gone like the we witch might house. have to get a holy fuck your your lunch with larry t-shirt <laughs> dan pointing at the you're up Oh my fucking god! Your lunch with Mary. <laughs> oh. You're on the air, baby. <laughs> yes. Listen, it's that time of the show. We wax poetic. We had fun. Uh, really great interview with Dan Weederer of the Chicago Tribune. If you're just tuning in now. You are really going to have to go back and say set your time or whatever to watch that during tomorrow lunch whatever you're doing if you're working nope. the, are you working the third shift with our guy larry funkster jones who'll be watching this show tonight there's hope guys yes there is hope speaking of hope we're going to send the shout outs right now right <laughs> From the fans in the stands to the follows on the ground on the Thanks for your support, showing love in the DM We stay special strong, fight together till the end Now it's time to shout out worldwide friends and fam life. The network that keeps it real, 100 crew So many in the world that I gotta show love to But some this part, Signal's show is at its end But for me it's so important to thank the charter members and the fans Build the network, speak the truth through the tape Never run around the truth, no narratives we create Set them straight, no bubble screen on fourth and eight Call your chain, getting nervous, cause keeping them up too late That's it, no more to say to get the shot of vital But hurry up, cause the postman's getting homicidal Shout out, I know you hear me baby Shout out, I know you hear me baby Shout out, I know you hear me baby 
know you see me, baby. We gotta holla at you, keep it 100 crew. We gotta show love to I know you hear me, baby. I know you see me, baby. We gotta holla at you, keep it 100 crew. We gotta show love to No, Nicky, no, we're very economical, my family. <laughs> Keep it economical in this family tonight. Sorry, shout outs here. I know you three were with us, Jackal in and out, hustling for the kids or whatever. Either. Ivan and Sheree producing. Handling the chat, sitting in the background. Definitely listening. not sleeping. Definitely not. Definitely not sleeping. It was the sleeping. it was the glare going off your glasses. I think I was like, "Is that motherfucker sleeping?" <laughs> yeah. I fucked your mom. <laughs> Bratcher's been asleep for three fucking months. <laughs> I got. I got. I got to share this right before we do the shoutouts. Go ahead. To, I gotta give Alan Bratcher a shout out. Not yeah. only did he deny a new patron one time access to our <laughs> all access Facebook page after the poor guy resubmitted to join it a second time, Alan also declined him 12 hours later again. <laughs> <laughs> so I text him, I'm like, Alan, this guy's a patron. What are you like? Oh, I didn't want you to get mad at me for adding people that aren't patrons <laughs> critical thinker that one. Oh boy angelo do you remember greg braggs mm, no no looks like a thumb oh my god sheree the lady oh, of the house the shout out yeah, shout out to Claudio for not being here. Let me get my shine on. No. <laughs> He's been replaced. Look at you. Um, no, shout out to you guys. You know, Wednesdays I look forward to because we have fun, get to hang out. You know, oh, y'all. Fuck yourself. Hang on. So no, shout out to you guys for always making um Wednesday nights enjoyable with hump day. So uh thanks. All that you all do. So my shout out to y'all. Thank you, Sheree. You're honestly such a great human being. In all honesty, I appreciate. Not bad, Sheree. You're not bad. Thanks, okay. Sheree. <laughs> you're going to be in charge of the TTNL party and oh, celebrity get together for next year. Okay. One of the chairmen. Okay, y'all just give me Tommy John's number. That's all we're number. auctioning off a date with Sheree at the tailgate. A date with Sheree. Yep. The all weekend the, that we come all out. All the money that we raise goes directly to Sheree. So it's even better. <laughs> Having to go on this date. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> a decent proposal. What's going on? Yeah. You start out with a boat. Sunset boat tour next to Soldier Field for some yeah, drinks. Motorboat tour. Sponsored oh, <laughs> <laughs> by the Minnesota Vikings. Hey, oh. It was the only one that got my joke. <laughs> <laughs> I totally <laughs> 
<laughs> he knows I'm coming. That's why. Jesus. <laughs> great, great stuff. We appreciate you. I like that idea, Shane. But yeah. we should give the money to charity. First pay for the date with the money that we get. Then the rest goes to charity. Sheree uh, would rather have it. Right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to go on a date with some rando at least. Uh, right. <laughs> All right. We get the money. Show her the money. Angelo Isaac. just texts me. He wants to know where he signs up for this. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be an interesting. I love all. Never mind. <laughs> He's a very nice dick that any woman would love. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You're all over the map. Apparently, he'll yeah. do anything for a thousand dollars. So, yes, so. <laughs> so this guy great. might get in. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator. Only oh, fan. And George out on the town. I mean, that McCaskey money, I don't think I'm Might have to take one for the team, Sheree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if you have to take any dick. Uh, <laughs> you know? Jack. I know something. I don't know. I know something you're definitely going to be a fan of, George. Sheree, get over there. <laughs> it was fucking a guy when I was like doing a little deep dive into that shit. He was, you know, he fucking hurt me significantly, you know. You got, I just want the last one. Just to, yeah, we got to cut it to the last part of that, too. So demoralized because that one hurt. That, that was the end of the fantasy season. What? Yeah, that was a bad day. Ivan Vargas, you have any shout outs? Uh, no, I'll keep it short. Shout out, you guys. Shout out to everybody in the chat. Uh, shout out Dan Weeder for a great interview and uh, yeah, let's keep it going. Good night. Good show. Great night. Great interview. Great stuff, Ivan. Chris Jackal, you do do shit sometimes. Hey, once in a while, you know, no. I uh, shout out you guys. It's always a pleasure to, to see you guys do your thing. When I'm not here in the background, uh, I'm definitely enjoying it as a fan, you know, so fucking the the show was great tonight. Dan Weeder, I mean, he was just amazing. I, I got to say, coming on, giving us 20, you know, giving us 120 minutes, two hours of just back and forth with you guys. Honesty, which is great, you know, and uh, that's what this is all about here. Bears talk in just its real format, unedited, unfiltered, unadult, you know, just shooting from the hip, telling it like it is with some actual football acumen behind it. It was a great conversation tonight. So I was really glad to sit here and listen. Um, so thank you to Dan for coming on. And uh, thanks for you guys for just kind of, you know, going back and playing a little, you know, pickleball, ping pong, whatever it is these days, these cats are playing. And, uh, you know, so it was just a great show all in all. So, and uh, if, lastly, yesterday was Valentine's Day, I think. If you're yeah, thinking well, about somebody, you know, just reach out, say hello. You know, a lot of shit going on in this world, in our country, with fucking Ohio, with the fucking gas chemicals and whatever the fuck's in the sky, and Michigan State, and whatever other train derailment, whatever else is going on. Just UFOs say hello to somebody. Shot down. Yeah, who knows? It's fucking wild. And we got, you know, Bears football, but, you know, more importantly, real life shit happening. So just uh, reach out and say hello to somebody. Make You never know, they make their day. Oh my fucking god! Your lunch with Mary. <laughs> I fucking love that man. You gotta. I, I'm gonna send that to him too. 
Oh yeah, absolutely. You got it. Definitely. <laughs> Too late to send it. To him. <laughs> I was trying to. Probably just sat down for nice little uh, nightcap with his wife and plays that on his phone. <laughs> Get in somebody's ass today. I wasn't used to three men like. <laughs> Get away tonight. I can't. We have no more space. Oh, no. That's crazy. I'm no. trying to upload the picture. The thumbnail. Delete the visor time. video. What's that? Delete the visor video. Oh, where? Yeah, delete that for me. Sorry, go. I'll do it. I'll do it. I didn't see that. We deleted the open, too, tonight, right? Yeah, I, I deleted it. Yeah, there you okay, go. so I was trying to upload the... Don't, don't get I wasn't used to three men, like... I wasn't going to delete that. Listen, if you're not a patron, get over to thetapeneverlies.com tomorrow night on Draft Mob. With the B. The B will be in the house. Nerd alerts will be thrown out and swears will be run and touching. Touching yourself. (laughs) What the fuck is happening right now? A lot of stuff. We gotta inform Jackal. Most came of that one. Ryan Brees. Oh my god. And Miles Murphy. (laughs) I love Ivan. Nobody can see Ivan. Draft breakdown tomorrow night. Jackal, you just wait. <laughs> become a patron at the tapeneverlies.com. The patron oh, success is going to be there. Draft Mob starts now. There you go. Tomorrow night, not now, we'll be touching on a lot of topics when it comes to Lucy and Miles Murphy and breaking down the tape of the college tape, showing you what it is that these guys do or don't do. The good, the bad, and the ugly, always checking out the tape, the draft prospects while taking your questions, your thoughts on those prospects to get you ready for the draft. Shane Marsaw, do you have any shout-outs? I do. I'm going to shout-out our guy, Johnny Centino. Uh, I got home the other day and looked out on my uh, front deck, and I saw a large, I'm not going to say package, because somebody will cut that, parcel box, (laughs) cardboard box on my front deck. Yeah, so I, I brought it in. Brought it inside there after I got home and uh, opened it up and he framed uh, a beautiful picture for my son, Riley. Um, You know, the Chicago Bulls from when they, uh, they're after their sixth title in eight years when uh, they're standing up. uh, I believe they always had it in what, Grant Park? Is that where they had the, Mm -hmm. the, their parades? Standing up there with their six uh, trophies and uh, he had it framed and matted for Riley. Just beautiful Sweet. job, and has a little uh, placard at the bottom 
to Riley. So it's uh, very, very special. Riley was totally blown away. So we sat down and uh, recorded a video of Riley for, for John and sent that off to him. Appreciate it so much because Riley's got a birthday coming up here in exactly 10 days. Um, nice. February 25th, it'll be a big bad 12 year old. So time is, is going fast, but um, no, so Johnny didn't, Johnny didn't need to do that and he did. So it was great. I know Riley was super excited about it. So John, you're awesome, man. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate for uh, you for, for doing that. And it uh, definitely put a smile on my son's face. So that's what it's all about. We got to meet Centino twice. I've yep. gotten to meet him. Good edibles. Yep. And I'm actually, speak, speaking of meeting, I'm heading to Toronto on the 28th with Riley. We're going. What uh, floor? <laughs> no, no, no. We're not doing that. We, uh, yeah, we're heading up there to a Bulls Raptors game. We're sitting right behind the Bulls bench. So I want him to experience oh, wow. that. He's a huge Bulls fan. Uh, Ela realized what I paid for the tickets. I probably wouldn't have a house to live in, but we're not going to talk about that here live on air. But um, <laughs> actually, going up there, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna meet the other Claudio, Claudio Abreu. Is oh, look going at to soccer. Yep, we're not going to talk, talk soccer while no, you're I'm gonna, watching the no. basketball game. I told him, I said, I'll fucking meet you. We're not talking about running backs. We're not talking about fucking <laughs> Ronaldo or Mbappe or whoever the fuck you want to talk about. <laughs> give me some fucking names. Give this kid two fucking games. <laughs> we're going to uh, meet up pregame and go grab a bite to eat and hang out a little bit. And it should be nice. fun. So it's awesome. That's going to be awesome and awesome for Santino. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's such a nice beautiful gift. Beautiful. Class guy. Mm -hmm. Listen, I want to shout out. Did did you have another one? I don't want to skip. No, over. that's it. That's cool. yeah. uh, I want to shout out uh, Dan Weederer for being the professional that he is and the reality of coming on to the show to talk about the bears <laughs> what can you say like without this show getting you to say something that sounds inappropriate i think that's the fun it's almost like a game fun, in Ivan, right it's a game in itself who's gonna get the clip to drop but no seriously dan was awesome tonight just tuning in gotta check it back out thank you dan for jumping on here and talking huh. some ball with us so shout him out shout out you guys for producing and being in the background doing all the little things i think dan dropped the mic with the description of the chicago bear season confusion you guys take away all that confusion of the things that you do i want to take a personal moment to shout out uh Ivan Vargas, um, things have been very difficult for me personally with my family and things that have been going on. It just seems like, as Shane going to tell you, it's like one thing, another thing, another thing. So it's been very difficult for me to do some of the things that I normally just do easily. And Ivan stepping up like you have really taken a anxiety in my stomach off the table and that means a lot to me and we could say this in private but i want everybody to know 
what a great job and i'm so proud to have you a part of this network man so i wanted to thank you personally tonight you've really stepped up uh and it means a lot to me and my family so thank you for What's yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say it again, Phil. I was asleep. He was asleep. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I got it now. <laughs> no, I appreciate oh, you, Brad. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I got your back. Yes. And I, and I feel that. That's important to me. Like, I've never had to worry about shame. Ever. Other people's loyalty and what they're saying and whispering. But... It goes back to what it is in coaching. You have to worry about whispers and closed doors. I've had to worry about some people, and I'm like, should I even have this fucking person a part of this network, or should I be a part of this network? I don't have to de- like. You're not that guy, Ivan, and I appreciate that so much. You Angelo, do you remember Greg Braggs? Mm, no, no. <laughs> I wasn't used to three men like. <laughs> anyway thank you ivan i want to shout out uh cool kennedy i gave him another chore to do i've asked him to do a couple things do a rewind of tt and i'll try to capture the essence of it ivan others have so much they're doing he really wanted to do some sort of video production and editing that rewind might be an hour long this week <laughs> this is a two-hour <laughs> show so good luck cool kennedy on that just doing a tremendous job uh if you haven't and you it's a condensed kind of capture of every keeping it 100 and check it out give it a share let other people know i really think it's it's something i've always wanted to happen and for him to bring it to life and then i gave him another job tonight on a song so we'll see how he does that's my guy uh ron g as well is there a better human being than ron g i don't know nobody wants to piss him off that's why <laughs> you don't want to die <laughs> i love ron g anyway bullets shout out to bullets uh, my son's turned nine and it was you know it's been a lot so you're trying to kind of organized but you gotta be happy for your sons and their birthday and you're dealing with your mom sick my dog is having issues so it's a dog i'm i'm a big believer and firm believer in positivity so um you fan hl happy birthday shout out to you zeke shout out to you um I got to do a better job. I promise next week I'm going to have a list of people I want to shout out, but I'm going to ask prayers for my mom. <laughs> prayers for my mom. I'm not even going to hit a clip this week. Go ahead and talk about your mom. So don't feel guilty. Uh, she's doing better. Update today. Um, awesome. Not as much pain. They're finally trying to almost get to the point of where we're at with her, but you know, I, I ask that you pray for my mom and dad because he's like her nurse, living nurse. And he's, I think you fans that are real TTNL fans know my dad enough to know that he's going to do everything in his power for his wife. And I respect that relationship and what they mean. I've had to follow in that kind of footsteps. So send some positive energy. My 
mom and dad's way and to my wife and everybody's wife or significant other. I know Valentine's Day is kind of this fucking made up thing to make, I love us, all. make us spend more money. But shout out to all of the wives and people and relationships out there that are supportive and happy. And not just happy on Facebook, but in real life. As long as she's <laughs> happy, I'm happy. Exactly, Thomas. Mm -hmm. Shout out to my wife for everything she's juggling. <laughs> Can't ever say anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love how he mid-sentence is like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that was actually just beautiful. Like, <laughs> just cinematography. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you can't say anything. You're bound to step in. Well, oh wow! <laughs> Three and a half hour show. We're tired. Come on, about half. All right, that's it. This Thank week. you, Steph. God bless you all. I never knew Steph could juggle, but yeah, go ahead. Well, she's been juggling <laughs> a lot of trauma. We'll say that. So shout out to her for dealing with that. Poor Steph, when she watches her special shout-out from her She ain't going to watch it. <laughs> I wasn't used to three men, like, getting somebody's ass today. <laughs> what the? Uh, Show went off the rails again. <laughs> is that you doing it, though? No. Oh. Not me. Not me. Cherie. Cherie or Ivan around that Look one. Look at her. No, I'm not even quick trying to find that stuff. <laughs> See, that's her move. She just, you know... <laughs> Well, we'll be back next week. Um, <laughs> hope you enjoyed the show. Let's wrap it up. Went a little over what we expected, but well worth it, I think, tonight in the off season as we kick off the fight to March. March is going to be the big time where the Chicago Bears are going to start setting the stage of how they're going to build this football team. And no one's going to cover it better than TTNL to keep you guys honest and break down the tape of every free agent. Uh, X's with the O's will be all over that. Every free agent, the Chicago Bears, what are they going to bring? Let's look at the tape. Uh, as you know, it never lies. For Shane Marsaw, Cherie, Ivan Vargas, the super producer, Chris Jackal, head of social media engagement and guest services. No <laughs> meatballs. No meatballs, baby. No meatball. Did you know meatballs was the number tweet. one fucking thing served at the Super Bowl? Really? Like, I would have never have guessed that. they don't hit us on that one. <laughs> you got that an mean? ender? Is that the ender? No. Oh, I thought that was the ender. It could have been. Angelo, do you remember Greg Braggs? Mm, remember? No, no. 
What's that? The end. Here's only imagine the smells coming on that thing, but you know, but you know, only imagine the smells coming on that thing, but you know. Jackal better do some shit. Jackal better do some shit. Jackal don't do 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 shit.